Episode 205, dated Friday the 27th of May 2011. Portal 2, The Perfect Game. Cave Johnson here. This is a test chamber. Four walls, ceiling and a floor. Good enough for science. Not aperture science. Gentlemen, I give you panels. The planks of tomorrow. Fully configurable. Infinitely variable. Safe. Aperture brand panels will assist your test subjects every step of the way. That is not a panel. That's a crusher. We sell them too. It's been anticipated for years, released to a fanfare of critical praise, and now raved about up and down the internet. But Digital Cowboys is not sent you a message. We will not be asking Valve. So, Portal 2, is it awesome or is it fantastic? We don't just want to harp on and on and on about its many, many fine qualities for an hour. Neither do we want to find the tiny little niggles we have with it and pick at them until they're a gaping hole. No, the purpose of this discussion is to take Portal 2's brilliance as a given and focus on whether or not you could describe it as perfect. Given that actual 100% perfection is impossible, and let's face it, boring, we're using the term perfect here to describe something that comes very fucking close. Joining me as always is my regular co-host, Tony Atkins. Hello. And from out of the mists of our shadowed past, actually I think you were on last week, it's veteran sometime digital cowboy, Paul Shutton. Hello. Throughout the show we will be discussing the mechanics of Portal 2, but not the plot, until a carefully flagged spoiler section at the end, the timecode of which is in the show notes. And we'll also be reading out the submissions from many members of the Digital Cowboys community whom we've posed the same question. Now, okay, to start off with, Paul, one question. Yeah. yeah. Right, this is kind of a personal viewpoint, because it's a well-documented fact that you enjoy rock band almost to the exclusion of all else. And in fact, it, it, was ma- it was pretty contributory with you actually leaving Digital Cowboys because you wouldn't have much to talk about every week apart from more rock band, this, correct? This may or may not be true. <laughs> Paul's it's rock a, it's, band it's segment could have worked. That's what I say. Bring on the I, I think uh, a rock band segment on a monthly scale would definitely be good. But <laughs> you dropped the mic for a while to play Portal 2. So our question to you is, what does it take to get you to play other games? You see, you, you asked me this earlier today, and I've been, I mean, I've, I've been thinking about this. I was on the, I was on the tube. I was uh, you know, on the way home from work. I'm not actually sure. That's the reality of it. I think it might just be that there are certain games... I think I've got a history with Valve games, obviously playing Half-Life, and obviously I've played um, Portal, the first Portal game, which I absolutely loved. And that was... Um, I, I played that prior to Rock Band anyway. Um, so I think um, some of the time it's just... Does, does the game have a... Is there a hook to it? Is there something about it that grabs me? I, can't, I couldn't say any with any great... Uh, any great I couldn't really be very specific about why but there's usually some something that like, I might play the demo of like Batman Arkham Asylum is a game I'm currently playing at the moment and the, the demo really grabbed me I, I, mean, I expected that I, when I first got played the demo I was like oh you know, is this going to be good and I was just blown away by it admittedly mm. it's taken me nearly 18 months to actually get to the end of it but uh, <laughs> still getting through which still is still getting through which is the thing I mean Port- Portal 2 is a different is a different example I, I have the, it has the weight of the um, the first game and which I um, play, only, only replayed on the 360 um, a few months I'd say a few months ago uh, uh, and basically 
I just went right. I'm I'm totally buying this game. You know, I mean, every, everything I saw about it thought, yeah, perfect. This is exactly what I'm after, and mm. it didn't it didn't disappoint me. But there isn't really anything specific. Uh, sometimes there are games that everyone is praising to the heavens, and I I play it for five minutes and go. Red no. Dead. I haven't played Red Dead Redemption. Grand Theft Auto is a good example. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I, I, I got suckered in by all the hype around it, and I played it for about an hey, hour. Hey, that's another perfect game. Come on. Okay, uh, no, we'll hey. get to that in a bit. But, yeah. I, I played it for about a couple of hours, I'd say, and by that it was like, hang on, this is the same old this shit. This is the same game with, with I, I, polish. I've been, I've been, I, well, I was like, I'm not going to get fooled again. Admittedly, I've, I have I have picked up Red Dead Redemption, mainly on the strength of you guys talking about it a few months ago, and I've got L.A. Noir to play as well at some point when I, when I, I mean, I'm, work, I'm trying to finish off Batman Arkham Asylum, mm-hmm. uh, so it's a bit hard because you, you, know, you know how it is, you've got a stack of games and you're like, oh, what do I play next? See, I've got no idea. I, I don't think Paul's as rare as we, we think. I think there's a lot of people out there. Certainly, I would, I would imagine a fair yeah. proportion of our audience that play MMOs almost exclusively. Or and FPSs. Then, but, yeah, or there would be that one particular, yeah, like they, they play Call of Duty and that's their game. And mm. Or Halo. Paul's one of many, I would assume, that, you know, we're, we're so much involved of always, you know, the latest thing, what's out now, or yeah. whether it's six months down the line or whether it's on day one release, but. We're always looking for the future and seeing what's uh, pushing boundaries. And I kind of missed the days where I would just play one game. I, d- I did that for a long time. Uh, I think Halo, obviously Warcraft would be another one. I love that world where you get you know so surrounded by it. But uh, Rainbow Six. Yeah, there's the, literally throughout history, I'm sure. But yeah, nowadays it is very different. But Paul, you can't. You're not alone. Just because it's rock band, I, I guess some people would probably find that. I think, I, I think it's looked down. I mean, I'm not. This obviously isn't the rock band show, but I think it's probably no. looked down upon as a sort of, you know, a sort of. Oh, it's just a just a party sort of thing, you know. And I, I mean, for me, I've got so much invested in that game. With mm-hmm. you know, like people that have invested in MMOs, you know, I've got mm-hmm. all. The, I've got absolutely loads of downloadable content for it, and I've spent, you know, the last three years basically finally ploughing my way through all of it, uh, which is a much harder proposition when you're trying to learn to sing them all, well, I, I might add, because that's mainly what I do. So, I, yeah, I think you're right. I think there is, um, for a lot of people, they, they might say play FIFA all the time and then yeah. might branch out and play other stuff. Or Mass make. Effect and Tiger Woods. We know someone who just does those. Well, I, I would actually say that all, all you're describing is a mainstream gamer. Really, I, I don't think I, I can't really see that many people going in the shops every single week. So I think there's this, this hardcore. It's expensive. It is, yeah, but I think Seriously. there is this core group of people that obviously buy everything upon release, and you know the industry fries upon that. But I, I would say the majority of gamers actually, you know, get one game, they sit on it for a good couple of months before moving on to the next one. And yeah, I just think sat on it for three years. Well, yeah, I think the assumption is that I mean, if if people listening to this show are probably more likely to be yeah. interested in a slightly wider, more diverse mm. range of games. That, that's yeah. not to say because they'd have been bored by us um, years yeah, ago. That's not to say they don't play. Uh, they, they might there might be a specific title that they play more than everything else but I mean I, you know, I've, the problem for me is that I often find if I stop playing a game after a while uh, when I come back to it several months later I'm like how the bloody hell am I, what am I doing <laughs> so I mean, this happened with Arkham Asylum in fact I started off playing it and uh, when I came back to it it had been so long I had to restart it from the beginning because I was like because I, I have literally no idea what I'm doing I don't know what the controls are um, or where you're supposed to be going because going, uh, often it's very it's like a book you know if you put a book down for, for ages you forget uh, where you are, what was going on. So uh, for some reason, Portal 2 is is kind of, I mean, we'll get onto the, the bit of it, it's kind of the right length of game as well. Um, it, for me, uh, to be able to sort of um, 
you know, not if I if I break from it slightly, I'm not completely confused with what's going on. And also, I was able to get through it pretty quickly. I got through it in pretty much a weekend. So, yeah. Um, well, the single player campaign that will get onto the, the cart later, but um, that I think is the for me is the main hook. Usually, there has to be something intriguing about it. Heavy Rain. It was a good example again. Dragged yeah. me away from Rock Band, but um, again, just because I I was I found it engrossing the story. I mean, I, I know everyone, you know. Sort of belittles the story and all that kind of thing. You know, it's it's, well, it's good for it's a, a while. It's, it's a source of ridicule for, a, for a, from some <laughs> corners. I think it's fair to say. But for me, it was interesting enough, and it was different enough from what I was. Which, let's face it, scrolling line pitch lines across the screen. I mean, this, this amazing sort of world of you know, was it David Cage? Isn't it? Is that his name? Yeah. 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 So that is totally different from what I'm used to playing. I'm just. I don't know. I just found it. To, found to it me, really what you. What you've described is that you're a fan of maybe eight to twelve hour uh, heavy storyline games that break that, from just strolling things down the screen. And yet you didn't like Alan Wake. Uh, I haven't played Alan Wake. I've played it a little bit, and again, it's one of the it's one of the uh, games it's on, on the pile. My, it's on my pile of <laughs> list of games I haven't played. I, you know, I can't. I think, yeah. The thing that interests me is that there's no straightforward, infallible method to it. Like I would immediately have assumed that since you absolutely bum Resident Evil Four, that Resident Evil Five would be way up on your hit list and you'd you'd have played that through to the end. But It's I've, not like he doesn't not listen to the critics. I've not touched it. Um I th- I have it. I actually I repurchased it fairly recently. Mm, but me for too. some reason it just when I started playing it, I remember playing the demo and just thinking mm. I'm just not really feeling this for some... I don't... I don't this is half of the problem. I don't really know why. I mean, the demo didn't have all that stuff with the... Co- the didn't really have any of the co-op partner woman. Mm. So you didn't have that sort of... Um, which obviously is the source of quite a lot, a lot of criticism for that game. Yeah. Uh, but I, I, I don't know. I, don't, I remember that these enemies just barging on top of me. And I, I'm feeling overwhelmed. Whereas with Resident Evil 4, there were lots of points where there were like choke points. Where choke points, yeah. <laughs> you could like stand there and just... Gun, gun enemies. I found that more entertaining than being overwhelmed all the time. That's yeah. kind of what I felt like. I got the impression Resident Evil Five was a bit more like. I have, I say, have repurchased it. It's on. It's a huge list of games like you know, Enslaved, Dark Side. I've got tons yeah. of in games to play through, but I just haven't really felt compelled if, to sit down and play it yet. If you want to do uh, some Resident Evil Five co-op, I did do some with Mitch, and it's a totally different game. Mm-hmm. It's more of a survival horror when you're in co-op than uh, if it's single player, it's just an action game. You're just basically barging through, shooting everything you can, chucking the worst guns <laughs> to your stupid teammate and trying to keep her alive. But if you're in co-op, you're like, right, you've got the handgun, I've got the shotgun. Right, you take these bullets, I'll take these shells. Okay, let's do this shit. Am I, correct, am I, correct, just, am I correct in thinking that the game, I mean, from my memory, hazy memory of all the reviews, that the game is the same in it's the same storyline? Yeah, yeah, pretty much yeah, exactly, exactly the same. But, uh, but there are moments in the single player game where you get frustrated because clearly you need intuition for your uh, your, your partner and it, the game can't synthesize that so um, ultimately the, okay this in a nice roundabout way round, uh, rounds up to Portal 2 imagine doing Portal 2 co-op with some sort of weird AI <laughs> just shoot How over there you stupid thing <laughs> yeah that would be so, Jesus yeah uh, j- basically um, yeah there's a, there's a reason why uh, the Portal 2 co-op is, is fantastic and, and that there is that, that human element and that specifically if you know that person makes it really really gratifying so yeah Let's, should we move on to Portal 2? <laughs> yeah, so far off the point. <laughs> but yeah, cool. I don't think it was that it's, far off the point. Cause I it think it's relatively setting up the, yes, the, the back yeah, yeah, the background, isn't it? It all kind of leads up to, you know, ultimately the, 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 this notion of a perfect game. And ultimately, the, the, the promise of perfection is enough to actually get anybody to sit up and take notice. So oh. if, if anything gets touted this much... 
Well, before we start, I mean, we, we've obviously already talked about in the intro, or Alex talked about in the intro, how we ended up at this point. But it, it was a really interesting situation where we were faced with this, you know, Portal 2. Obviously, it's a big game, and everybody wanted to know our opinions, and, you know, of, of course, you know, we wanted to share them. But when it come down to actually sitting down and t- talking about this on the podcast, we, we just didn't want to just talk about how the mechanics of the game. It just didn't interest us enough. And why they were just so awesome. Yeah, because, I mean, God it's bless everyone that does It's been done to death, yeah. hasn't it? And uh, it's, it's, what, a month after the release of the game, so yeah. I think that's fair, so that's fair enough. We had to find an angle. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. and I think it's, it's turned into something even that we weren't really expecting, which is, you know, the blowing up of more the perfect game angle rather than the actual Portal 2 angle. But yeah. let's start with Portal... Well, let's do some of the uh, the community comments, I think, first. Okay. Um, now, we're only gonna, we've only got time for a couple of these, but I've, I've gone for the ones which... I mean, for the, the first, say, half page... Uh, considering the, the nature of the question, was a lot of people saying, well, you can't have perfection. It's not possible to achieve yeah. that, which was kind of a given that I was hoping everyone would just sort of, in the first half page, get over with yeah, and so we could move on from, you know, well, what then from there? How do we, once we've def- established that it, we can't actually get perfection, what's the closest thing and, and what kind of games could we describe as that? But that's always, it's the buzzwords, isn't it? I mean... Every, I mean, let's face it. We put perfect in there for a reason because we wanted a reaction. Um, mm. You know, we, of course, we don't believe that anything is technically a ten out of ten. That nothing can be improved upon because that just doesn't exist. And why would you want that to exist? Because everyone wants to chase something a bit further down the line. But that that whole sentence there was basically saying, look. Okay, we've been faced with a decision here. We know we all, all three of us really like Portal 2. Yeah. And in many respects, we might even in our own minds say, well, I don't know how it can be improved. Mm. But let's talk about, you know, the wider reaction to that, you know, how people basically deal with the fact that, you know, some games to us, we don't know how to, how to explain beyond, okay, we love this mechanic, we love this mechanic, don't know how it's going to be improved. So I'm interested to get kind of deeper into that and what other games have actually, uh, maybe achieved that. But, yeah. So what, what you're essentially saying, Tony, is Digital Cowboys in baiting their community shocker. <laughs> <laughs> Playing Devil's Advocate, never. Just to be clear. <laughs> so, sorry. Okay. Uh, well, the, well, this first one is from uh, a young man named Chris Hartnup, uh, who actually uh, works with my wife, and I, I met him a couple of uh, weeks ago at a uh, prize-giving ceremony. And um, really nice chap, and he's just joined our community, and uh, we're going to see if we can try and get him on. But he he started off with, uh, you know... Well, I'll read, I'll read it out. But basically, I would argue that Portal 2 is the perfect game, and that's not to force an argument, but I think you have to break it down into separate parts. Firstly, look at what makes up the game. The story is perfect, is gripping, funny, well told, has plenty of twists, and is well paced. The graphics are perfect, they look good, they suit the style of game, everything looks like it belongs. The sound is perfect. Everything from the voice acting to the dialogue to the music is pitch perfect. The gameplay is perfect. It's fun and engaging. It's challenging and taxing. It makes the player feel like the stupidest smart guy ever to grace a game. It has a challenging multiplayer that will likely have extra content added to it. It's also fun. In order to grant something the status of perfect, you have to appreciate what that thing is. For example, a can opener is the perfect way to open a can. There's no denying that. The role it fulfills is perfect for what you want. So is Portal 2 an example of a perfect game? Considering what we gamers ask from it, I would think yes. Is it the perfect game? No, but for two reasons. Firstly, because the gamers' opinions are divided more ways than a cake at a Weight Watchers convention. Secondly, and most importantly... (laughs) 
because the game has the horrible task of trying to live up to the first one's hype. There is simply no way it can live up to that sort of pressure. No game has ever lived up to the hype of the one before it, and one never will, simply due to the feeling the original invokes. So Portal 2 is an example of the perfect game, but it will never be recognised as one. Okay, if you want to hear more from Chris, you can go to his blog, which is called, all one word, Antihero Gaming. And uh, I've got a feeling we're going to be hearing a lot more from Chris in the next few months. Okay, uh, Tony, what were we going to say? Oh, just to debunk that, I don't think there's many people who would argue that uh, Uncharted 2 wasn't better than the first Uncharted. Yeah, or how Call of Duty 4 wasn't, wasn't better than the first three. Different setting, but yeah. But, well, different setting, we longer. It's the fourth Call of Duty game, and it was better than the first three. Isn't it traditionally the case that the sequel, you, in days gone by, the sequel used to always be better than the first yeah. one? It's I mean, less of less the case now. Yeah, yeah. less of the case now. Um, but yeah, Uncharted 2, obviously, yeah, just leaps and bounds ahead of well, I, I, I love know. the first one. I love the first one, though, so. so. I'd definitely argue that Metal Gear 3 is better than 2 as well. Half-Life 3 is better than, oh, Half-Life oh, 3, oh, oh please, oh, Half-Life 3. Oh, it will be better now. Yeah. Well, um, 2 is yeah, well, no. Half-Life 2 is better than 1. I would argue that Portal 2 is better than Portal. This, yeah. What do you want to... We can't reveal our opinion on it yet. <laughs> we just said we like it! Okay. <laughs> no, we ruined it! Okay. No, I, I think to his point, though, um, I think games with unique mechanics suffer from this more than any other. I mean, so take Uncharted... Peggle 2 would have to live up to if it did. Yeah. I mean, well, Mm. Yeah, true. Can't, oh, right. Can't bring it on. <laughs> Take Uncharted, uh, for instance. I mean, that was a action-adventure game. Now, it, obviously, mm. it looked phenomenal, certainly when it first came out. Um, the storytelling was really good, but it was kind of just a, you know, a, an action-adventure shooter. Gears meets Tomb Raider. Yeah, and it, it kind of lacked its own slight identity, and it was being classed, you know, oh, it's kind of like a Tomb Raider clone, but it, it, you know, it, maybe it's better in some respects. Two it came had, along. It had ropey controls. That for me, oh, yeah. was main it had annoying fights that you were just, oh, for fuck's sake. But that was its failing. But two came along, and and it, you know, it pretty much did debunk all those kind of previous situations where it it suddenly had a character to itself. It was a lot, you know, the characters were fleshed out. It introduced new characters, and they felt a lot more fuller. Uh, the, mm. the combat was a, a was a, you know a hell of a lot better, I thought. Um, and it, it just flowed far better than the first game. Where if you look at Portal to Portal Two, its mechanic mm. was these unique portals. You've never seen anything like it before unless you would play Prey, you know, but it was still slight not Prey. Oh, and uh, uh, not Bacula Drop. No, 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 no. What's it called? Uh, it was Prey, wasn't it? Yeah, Prey. Yeah, Which is strange at the time, but you know you hadn't really seen this mechanic before. Um, so Portal Two comes along, and yes, some of that. Excitement of seeing a new mechanic that you know you previously play, played around with for five or six hours and probably multiple times. That game is short, so you do it multiple times. Um, you know, some of that had been lost in translation, so they, they had to obviously move in a slightly different direction, knowing that, that that first kind of impact of oh my god, I can move through this portal and it goes here. I've never seen this. What the hell? Speedy thing goes in, speedy thing goes out. Yeah, so it does suffer from I think more than so than other games. Yeah. Shall I do Gary Blower? Yeah. Okay. The problem with the term perfect is that it contains no context. The word is ambiguous in that it can be applied in three ways. As an example of type, as complete as possible, or certain in a situation. The word perfect can never be absolute in the arts or media. So if you said Portal 2 is my perfect game, that would be wholly appropriate. You clearly love the game in the context of your own enjoyment, but it doesn't mean it is flawless. If you said Portal 2 is the perfect example of an HD video game... 
that too would be appropriate. Objectively, it is a well-designed and implemented video game that has appealed to a broad audience. If, however, you said Portal 2 is perfect, that would be an absolute statement that the game is beyond improvement. Basically, the term perfect can only ever be used in context of your own enjoyment or as an example of the game type or genre. As for my personal opinion, Portal 2 is like most Valve games, enjoyable, but less than the sum of its parts, and always overrated by critics. Bah! Ah, what does Gary blow us on No, very well said, Gary. Thank you. For what? Okay, just just so I'm just getting this straight. I think I think the bottom line here is be- beauty is in the eye of the beholder, right? Isn't that yeah. isn't that what this is? That, but that's kind of the about. given that we needed to to get yeah. past to, to get to the whole notion of near perfection. Yeah, yeah. I think that's. Um, but yeah, uh, but no, it's 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 nice to actually have those three defined because the, the, basically the word gets abused and bandied about way too much, especially on places like Twitter where you know characters count like. It's perfect. It's brilliant. It's fantastic. And superlatives just get thrown around for a game because yeah, very much you in don't the moment. have the time to explain yourself. Um, Matt Ramsey. Oh, Gary, you're so clever. Far more eloquently <laughs> said than I could ever manage. Get out of his ass. I have a problem with the word perfect, like many others. No such thing as a perfect game. Could a game look more lifelike? Could the physics be more accurate? Likewise, could the control system be better? Does the game repeat any lines of dialogue if you don't progress quickly enough? There are many facets to a game. If any one of them could be improved, then the game isn't perfect. It's why I don't like scores in reviews that much. A number of games have received perfect scores, GTA 4 being a notable one. However, how any game with a control scheme as ungainly as GTA 4 could be deemed perfect, I don't know. Now, <laughs> what I mean, he said. I, what he know, said. <laughs> I don't think they would ever implement that combat system to any new Rockstar game. Oh, wait a minute. Balls. I haven't played Portal 2, so I can't comment on a game directly. But as far as being it being perfect, I doubt I'll think that when I play it. It stands a better chance of being the perfect FPS puzzle game. But even then, I met <laughs> that's quite a slim yeah. break. <laughs> It's basically, is it better or worse than Portal 1? I imagine there's room for improvement. Perfection is a goal to strive for, not something that can actually be attained. And there we go. We go back to the, the notion of perfection being... Yeah, we're still getting caught up on it, aren't we? Okay. Kayin Amo. He's he's obviously a, um, a big member of the Game Adult community, and uh, he's a big fan of ours on Twitter, and I know he listens to the show every week, so... A fine this guy. I love his comments on Twitter. Post, so, uh, yeah. welcome, Kayin. Portal's the perfect game for making me wish its fan base would be even halfway grounded in some semblance of reality. And mute. Uh-oh. <laughs> to elaborate... This is going well, then. Uh-oh. <laughs> To elaborate, one of the main problems Portal faces amongst reasonably-minded gamers the world over is that the fan base is completely and utterly rabid. Like Uncharted 2, for example, it's filled, uh-oh. It's, filled with, it's filled with untold billions of fanatics who cheerfully hurl themselves in front of the speeding train in order to deflect even the tiniest molecule of criticism, expiring with a beatific grin on their collective faces that Portal was spared being cast in even the slightest critical light as the Valve juggernaut thunders over their recently mulched corpses without ever slowing down. That is totally as not he, true, Kyna. That as is he. totally not true. Right, we're moving on. Um, really? Next one. <laughs> I was just going to say, that's really nice, visual, <laughs> evocative prose. Come back and write some more stuff, Kyan, please. I'm going to carry on. This is good fun. It's frightening, quite frankly. If you were to ask me about the flaws that exist in many of the best games I've ever played, I could list dozens of problems or potential improvements that could be made to them. If you do that with certain titles, Portal 2 amongst them, the fan base will immediately 
chib you in the face, <laughs> chib you in the face with a broken bottle and wee all over you as you roll around on the ground, clutching the wound, spurting blood all over the place and trying to pull out the various shards of glass they've got themselves lodged in your flesh. And quite, be, right, quite right too. To be honest, I'm still mildly surprised that one of the reviews of the game didn't award it an 11 out of 10 and then have video footage of the reviewer tearfully committing suicide because no other game could possibly match up to Portal 2. Most reviews read like the reviewers were competing in some bizarre and somewhat terrifying competition where they scored points by hyper-exaggerating how amazing every single aspect of Portal 2 was. See, this is why we didn't do that. Score enough points and your entire family doesn't get bulldozed into this massive meat grinder. Think about it, reviewers. Anything over a 9.5 means that they get to walk away without being minced up in burger paste. Praise Portal 2. Praise it, you fools! Stop blubbering and praise it! That's not to say that Portal 2 is actually a bad game, mind. I've only played the co-op and around a quarter of the story mode so far, granted. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> You're going to get some Valve fans on your ass for this. All Valve sure, fans, yeah. before you start off with the whole, we'll play it to completion before you criticise it. Um, he, he's actually talking about you guys, not the game. But what I played of it was at least reasonably enjoyable. The co-op experience was definitely improved by playing it with a friend, much like Saints Row 2 or many of the other excellent co-op games on the 360, and the core gameplay mechanic of portal-based wormholes remains an interesting concept, even if it all begins to feel a bit samey after a while. However, going from what I've heard on the other... However, going by what I've heard from some others, this feeling of the game becoming repetitive and never quite reaching its own potential doesn't really change throughout. I'll get around to finishing it sometime, of course, but for now there are other games that have taken priority over it. I don't know where to start. Ooh. Um, I, I'll let you go on this. Could, could you could you describe that bit with the bottle thing? That that would that would help us again. I'm joking. <laughs> okay. It's a it's a, a colourful description of being mauled on. I, I would imagine Twitter or uh, YouTube or anywhere where you've actually dared to step in and say. Well, Shadow of the Colossus isn't isn't that fantastic of a game. I mean, I kind of I had some real. We've lost him. Alex Shaw deceased. Killed by Shadow of the Colossus fans. We're podcasting from the afterlife here, so. I mean, let's let's look at this in a slightly professional manner here because he he actually (laughs) asked some some pretty scathing questions. One about the, the the rabid fan base of the Valve community. Um, two about reviewers. And I'm gonna I, I'm gonna leave the Valve stuff maybe for somebody else for a second here. But I actually I do want to talk a little bit about the the hype that is gathered around reviewers. And you know I I do believe what he's saying in the way that people do get swept up pretty badly in this whole oh my god this is the best thing ever isn't this the best thing ever oh my god oh my god I give it ten no no I give it more. We see, we occasionally see that. I mean, Grand Theft Auto 4 was a prime example of that. It just seemed to be the early reviews came out and they were 10 out of 10 and it almost put this pressure on everybody else in the industry to follow suit. Like you couldn't criticize Rockstar because they made this masterpiece. And, you know, we've said this, you know, time and time again. I, I think hindsight is a wonderful thing because once you've had six months to a year or certainly two years down the line you can actually study a game and see its flaws you know a lot more clearer than maybe the week or two they were given to actually review that game or even less time uh, in fact um but from defending our point of view you know i'm not i'm not saying this where i give Porter to a 10 out of 10 or whatever but you know i, I think it's an absolutely amazing experience and it, it speaks to me that i absolutely love that you know absolutely love my and, and enjoyed my time with the game I think it's it's hard to tell people that they can't be excited about a game release. Mm. Uh, this is where the subjective thing comes in, that you have to say, well, 
if everybody is giving it out a 10 out of 10, clearly it's not a bad game. Um, and with the 10 out of 10s, the community will want to provide a backlash. Uh, and that's understandable. Well, I, I think, you know, even I've participated, no doubt, in, in one or two of those in the past. Purely in the interest of objectivity. Yes. Subjectivity. Uh, for, for instance, I know that Kainet is a big fan of Mass Effect and Mass Effect 2. You know, he's a huge fan. And I, I wonder whether, you know, if we were having a different conversation about any other game here, but, you know, obviously the Valve aspect brings a lot more mm. into this conversation. But, like, you know, Bioware, for instance, I think they're another company that yeah. people up until recently found very hard to criticize. I think Dragon Age 2 has gone. Yeah, Dragon. Oh, actually, Dragon Age 1. Um Thanks to Edge and, and a lot of other people who really had a problem with it, as it was the first sign of them um, showing weakness and, mm. and people saying not too happy with this. Everyone seems to forget Jade Empire. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's how much you know they were praised back then. It was like, oh well, yeah, it's well, IGN gave it a nine out of ten. Remember that nine point five yeah. because once again the pressure of oh well, it's a Bioware game and it's following up. Was it? Yeah. Was it nice at that time? It was mm, around. Total. Yeah, yeah, that was Total 1. Well, um, Obsidian, I think it was, we were making uh, Co- Total 2. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to think of other ones. I think, I think Nintendo have been in this position earlier back in their, their, the life cycle, well, that SNES era, where they seem to be able to do no wrong. So I think Valve do have a slight pass over other companies. But I'll get into that. Why do Valve then get treated about this, you know, this, this company that can do no wrong? And to me, it's because they always strive and they try. I don't think they, they always achieve um, everything that they, they set out, but I think Portal 2 is a prime example of where they've, you know, they've hit all the right notes, like, you know, there is no HUD. Uh, you know, people have been striving for that, but, it, you know, it's, to, you know, when someone actually mentioned that to me, I was like, oh, yeah, I hadn't even realised because that's how seamlessly it's integrated. Yeah. They, they've pushed the storyline. They've pushed, um, you know, the dialogue, and it is arguably some of the best we've ever had in a game. And so I know some people will scoff, yeah. but the fact that it's genuinely funny. Alex- hang on, hang on. I want to go back away from, from dialogue. No, hang on. It does become dialogue. Dialogue is when two people are talking. Monologue mm. is when it's just one. But... Obviously, there, there are eventually interactions in the game. It takes a while, but the first one was purely monologue, and they, they up the ante on that. But obviously, I'm starting to get into our, our review territory, so maybe I should back away for that for a sec. But I think he is correct in some of his statements. Like, obviously, he's a lot more angry than we are, um, yeah. but... You know, I think he seems to be more angry about the fanboys than the game itself. Well, they resist in, in any game. You know, any yeah. Anything that... I mean, for example, the comic strip that went out what two weeks ago on on DC that you did, uh, you know, nine out of ten or nothing at all, basically. Yeah, that, I mean, that was mostly you who who gave me uh, all of the materials on that one. For those who haven't seen it, it's basically it's a gauge of uh, quality. It stops at eight. Anything that's one to eight is shit, disappointing shit. The developers owe you sixty dollars and your dreams back, for they have failed you. If it's a nine. Acceptable. If it's a 10, a flawless masterpiece, you must destroy anyone who says otherwise, slash, overrated shit that should have been a 6. <laughs> Which is where the backlash comes in, basically. If, if something is yeah. touted as absolute high quality, you know, the best that you can possibly be, then it's going to be within human nature to, to actually seek to go, no, hang on, I'm going to just to throne this one. Not out of spite, at least not most of the time, but it just... If, if it doesn't immediately appeal to you, and specifically if you can't usually see outside of yourself, say, for example, you know, I, I'm really not a fan of Half-Life 2, but I would never say it was anything less than an absolutely excellent game. Uh, but if you can't see outside yourself, then you become a rabid fanboy, kicking back with the backlash. 
Yeah, kind of um, purely out of uh, to, to see justice well, done. I, I think it's just to rebalance the, the numbers. You know, ultimately, if, you, if you've got a, a counter, you know, an old-style counter in front of you, and all the beads are to the right, and there's mm. nothing on the left, you want to be mm. the guy saying, "Hang on a minute, this seems slightly unbalanced. Bad. I'm gonna, you know, even if it's not to tear it all the way to give it a one star." Although, mm. just look at any user-based reviews, you'll see that. Yeah, all the I mean, time. some yeah, some fanboys will do that just so that they can actually upset the the, the, the gauge. Uh, you know, important. Game. No, it's a terrible game. Yeah, just it? to rebalance it's it back being, to maybe a seven being or eight. A dick, basically. Sometimes, yeah. sometimes it's being a dick. So. The kind that I actually like are people, are people who say, "No, wait a second, this is not a flawless game." Like I think what we said about Grand Theft Auto Four. Some of the elements are really, really the city ab- is incredible. Fantastic. The yeah. city, it's a living, breathing world. It's a better version of the living, breathing worlds that we've had in the first three three uh, D versions of the games, but it is not a ten. There are too many frustrating moments and too many niggles, and the whole restart system for GTA 4 was ridiculous. I mean, for me, the game—I'll be honest—the game was unplayable. Uh, I, I just—I just couldn't get on with it at all. So. Hey, Nico, what do you but, want? Will I get, will I get shot? Thing? Will I get shot in? Wait, yeah, will I get shot in flame? Shot down in flames? for saying? I just, I just. Just I, no, no, it, it, it's, it's been now. long enough now yeah. that, that enough people. Yeah. Uh, back when we were actually saying no, well, maybe it's not the amount of fucking adulation for that game. Well, so it's it's t- it's tricky because we're in the other in the other team right yeah. now saying actually yeah Portal Two is is pretty much you know. Oh, well, worse that's secret. I mean, here's the situation to bring it back to Portal Two. I mentioned on Twitter that I felt that um, the the single player to me was a better uh, experience than the co-op. Mm. And I was ripped a new one. It, 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 I mean, back to Kyman's point of view here. Suddenly, I, I was, you know, enemy number one only for five minutes. It, it was, you know, it was maybe a dozen tweets that came flying my way. It's like I, mm. I criticised the sacred cows, as it's me like to call, you know, certain games the sacred. Well, that's cows. what this is developing into. We, we've actually got one in the works where we talk about sacred mm. cows, but that's kind of what we're we're getting to here because all of the games that we thought up that could be considered perfect are games that if you said you didn't like them on Twitter, you would be destroyed, which makes them sacred cows. Games that cannot be criticised. Yeah. But that's not what we're into. We're, we're here to kind of give an opinion and look at the game deeper. And we will do that in our review for a second. But I actually, for always kind of hatred towards... I don't know, even hatred. I, I, he's done very... His text is very, very elaborative, shall we say. Eloquent. Eloquently, yeah. Uh, Put. <laughs> Colourful. But, um, I, I think his, <laughs> That's his, great, but to give us more, it's great yeah, stuff. I think his points are, are still pretty sound. I think there is a wave of Valve um, fanboys out there that you know absolutely love and, and sometimes can't see beyond uh, some of the criticisms that are levelled towards games. And I think some of that is, is purely because, obviously, I think a lot of this comes from Steam. Um, you know, it's, it's this bastion of PC gaming, and you know, Steam actually almost, I think falls under the Valve uh, branding yes. logo just as much because if you try to t- mention any other service and say, well, actually, I think this is maybe... Steam's actually not all that fantastic. Yeah, jeez. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So. I have been boiled alive. Luckily, there was cake. Okay, so should we do one more before we uh, we go on to... Uh, I mean, are we doing Sacred Cows or our review first or, or other f- uh, games that can be considered perfect? We're moving to other games that are considered perfect. I don't okay, right. Yeah. So let's do one final one before we do that then. I watch for Differ. Um, I honestly thought I was pitching up here to play Devil's Advocate to a wall of negativity, but now I'm here, I fancy playing a different tune. 
A lot of arguments thus far seem to be based on the semantics of calling anything perfect. I tend to agree with Zan and Combine, who have explained the conundrum far more intelligently and eloquently than I ever could. I also agree with Kayin. Val fanatics, like any fanatics, tend to shout louder and longer than anyone else. The natural response being to ignore them altogether. So let's. One second. Were these the same Valve fanatics who were ripping into Valve when Left 4 Dead 2 was being released a year after Left 4 Dead 1? I think or was it different Valve fanatics, no, anti-Valve? I, I think that that is probably the same with Valve fanatics, and I think Left 4 Dead 2 is probably the only wrong foot as a as a first party release they've ever done. I don't done. get it. It's a really good yeah, game. Yeah, exactly. That's that's the baffling thing. It's just too soon. I think it was too soon. Yeah. Uh, what? <laughs> you could complete the whole game in four hours. Why is it too soon? <laughs> the first one, that it, is. It was a, yeah, I, th- I thought it, look, it looked better. and it, There was, there was all, all, all manner there. of things that were better yeah, about it. Because so. everyone had p- uh, built up this image in their head that the first one would be supported and supported and supported, and then they'd bring out more levels for the first one as the second one. So basically you wouldn't have to spend quite so much. And then it sta- came as a standalone title with a whole load of extra shit. And everyone's like, I don't want a standalone no, I, title. I, I, I want the world to be like I thought it was going to be. Back to Kion's point. Actually, you know, it's, it's the Valve community where they expect a certain degree of, um, you know, a standard of what Valve sets themselves. And believe it or not, Valve normally likes to take their times with their games, you know, five, you six, seven, eight years in certain occasions. And I think just the fact that... Painful that games, delays. Painful. Yeah, it was turned around in, what, 12 months. Yeah. Well, not even that, I think, by the time it actually came out. Um, was a shock to their community, so they wondered whether Sander was slipping. And it wasn't a huge improvement over the first one. It seemed to just be something that Valve normally is very keen to do is, you know, huge leaps over their, their first titles to really take it in a new direction. And it just seemed to be very much a, a level pack with a, a slate switch AI, which is unlike yeah. Valve. But hey, you know, they also like money to make games like Portal 2 and yeah. Half-Life 3. Never. <laughs> Never happened. And yet I much preferred it to the first one, so go, go, yeah. go figure. Yeah. Very strange. So, perfection aside, why would Portal 2 be considered perfect? A paradox, I know, but stick with me. Valve have tackled a large number of complaints leveled at some very highly regarded video games and have attempted to negate those concerns. The avoidance of cutscenes has been done before, so too in FPS that doesn't rely on killing hordes of enemies. Removing the HUD is nothing new, but Portal 2 excludes all of these things to its benefit. Storytelling through environment and discovery is Valve's hallmark, as are excellent scripting and voice acting. Again, these have been achieved before, but in Portal 2, they are done as well, if not better than before. Everything I have mentioned is, to a high degree, subjective. Surely there must be something we can all agree that Portal Deuce... Juice? (laughs) Portal Juice? Do you want some Portal Juice? It's blue and orange. I'll buy it, I'll buy it, I'll buy anything to do with Portal. Oh, dude, suddenly I've imagined, like, Powerade, but it's blue and orange flavour. And you drink one, and then the other appears in your stomach. That would be awesome. (laughs) Surely there must be something we can all agree that Portal 2 does objectively well I've been listening to the Gaming by Design podcast recently plug and two of their shows in particular highlight what I'd like to say about Portal 2 difficulty in gaming and luck versus skill deal with how to remove the skill barrier that prevents players being able to enjoy or finish a game whilst not foregoing challenge and depth think of the puzzle solving in Portal 2 think of how triumphant clever and simultaneously dim-witted Valve makes you feel now bear in mind that this is achieved whilst never excluding a player who is unable to cope with twitch based gaming I'd argue that Portal 2 strikes as near the perfect balance of inclusivity and challenge as any game ever has 
With every point I've raised, I can honestly say that I can't think of another game, another developer that has so consistently tried to remove barriers, iron out wrinkles, remove outmoded game design, and improve upon the art of video games across all its many facets. If a summation is necessary, I'd say Portal 2 is perfect. Not because it's perfect, but because it strives to be, in every way, perfect. Well, as Combine said, I think uh, Giles' uh, Charles Foster Kane clapping uh, gif is valid at this stage. <laughs> yeah. yeah. The highest accolade. Yes, that is like, that is the Oscar of the Digital Cowboys. Dave Johnson here, introducing the consumer version of our most popular military grade product. The turret. How do we get so many bullets in them? Like this. Plus, we fire the whole bullet. That's 65% more bullet per bullet. This is the same technology we've been using on robots for decades. (laughs) Scares the hell out of them. They come in hundreds of designer colors, including forest, desert, table, uh, evening at the improv. What idiot picked them? Then we box them up and ship them straight to your doorstep so you can protect the things that matter most. Good night. Just try and get close to that baby. <laughs> your funeral. Gabe Johnson, we're done here. Right, so let's... Should we look at some sacred cows? <laughs> this wasn't going to be the Sacred Cow podcast, but should we look at some games that could be that, considered is perfect? Is that the renamed Digital Cowboys? New name, it's explicit. The Sacred Cow... <laughs> oh, dude, the Sacred Cowboys would have been so cool! <laughs> <laughs> no. Like, for, for the Exclusive. very beginning, we Exclusive. Sacred Cowboys. <laughs> That's so fucking cool. Yeah. I'm here all week. Thank you. <laughs> no, you're not. You're playing Rob Band. Damn it. Uh, uh, so, yeah, the, this list happened because Alex and me were thinking about where would Portal 2 fit within context maybe three or four years down the line or, you know, some of these, Christ, are, are getting on for ten years, aren't they? Um, and so we kind of just drew up a quick list of, of games which at the time I, you know, would, would have caused such fanfare if there'd been the internet around in the day. <laughs> Let's face it, we wanted the internet when GoldenEye was around. Yeah. So, yeah, you knock off out. Let's go, go down the list. Uh, knock off. Yes. Okay. Knock one off. Right. Now, um, I don't know how far we can go back on this because uh, I think we're going to have to start at a certain point and then go way back because we realise that so many others actually probably still count. But um, the first couple I've gotten, they're actually on the SNES. Legend of Zelda: A Link to the Past and Super Mario World. As a platformer and a top-down adventure game, put perfect. I, I actually wouldn't argue on those. They really are still to this day. Fucking perfect. I, I there is nothing wrong with those games. A uh, bit bit hard on Super Mario World. Well, my my teenager self says no, that was fine. I got through it. Uh, <laughs> but no, it's obviously it's a long time ago, and I, it's not like I've sat down and played Super Mario World uh, recently. But I seriously. I mean, right in. If you think there's anything wrong with Super Mario World, there's no. Yeah, that's a game we should revisit. Actually, I think we should. I've got it twice on the GBA and the uh, Virtual Console SNES version. It might might just be me, but I remember not being as enamoured with uh, a link to the past as as Zelda games I played before that. I don't know why. uh, the, the, the NES versions of Zelda. Basically, I, I played. I, it was Zelda. Two, I think it's, like, it's the second one, you know, which is much maligned usually. I really liked. So I liked it. I remember, and I played the Game Boy version. That was good as well. Yeah. But I don't remember being quite as grabbed 
by a link to the past. So, not to say it was bad, but just, I don't remember it being as bowled over by it as everyone else was. Hey, there you go. There you go, you're the one. Hey, it was me, there you go. <laughs> it's, Sorry. It's perfect. So there you go. What's that, so, what's that if, a one, a two, a six? Yeah, it's a one, two. <laughs> abuse, uh, I'm at, I'm at, at Plex, you're on Twitter. Please send me abuse. I look forward to it. <laughs> I, get, I get it. I've got it on Xbox Live before. It's it's fine. I cope with it. Okay, so the next one down. Um, there two on three on the N64, which, by the way, was fantastic for po- putting out a couple of absolutely incredible uh, games, which just live on in our hearts as as the the pinnacle in those days of, of gaming perfection. It might actually have contributed to, to some a slight maligning of the PlayStation One because it could never quite get to us in the same way. And also uh, had that cart, that game on that cartridge that Tony threw out of my window. <laughs> Aside from that, GTS or something, GTR racing racing game. I think. Sorry, anyway. Yeah, I mean, so much of the output on the N64 was just totally failing to uh, failing to really make an impact. Yeah. But uh, but these three, I think everyone knows what ones I'm talking about. Mario 64, GoldenEye, Ocarina of Time. Yeah. It's really hard to actually slate these. Aside from, I mean, to, to say they're anything less than perfect, they look a bit ropey now these days, more so than if you look back on the old 2D ones. Mario and, and Zelda, specifically on the SNES, look a bit more charming, whereas... Um, early, uh, you know, sh- occasionally shonkily realised 3D can look pretty horrible by today's standards, especially when we've had things as lush looking as uh, Wind Waker. But the, but the problem with all this stuff is it, it has to be context of time and place and well, yeah, basically time. Um, although <laughs> hindsight, I think obviously we've talked so much about Zelda. It, it's you know a lot of people have a lot to say about how Ocarina wasn't the, the best game for them, but. You know, I got to think but about it to me, my teenager self. Me. Yeah, I mean, Mario 64, it it brought platforming games into the modern era. Yeah, into 3D. You can't, yeah. you just cannot. It got, doubt it that. got it right. It just got the, the the controls to get the controls right was the really crucial bit. And Nintendo just nailed yeah. it. Came out uh, almost exactly the same time as the original Tomb Raider. And if you play one then the other these days, one of them feels horrible, but the other yeah. Mario <laughs> feels <laughs> still <laughs> incredibly fluid. In day, mm. yeah. No. Okay. <laughs> um, so f- fairly soon after Goldeneye um, came the... <sighs> the... This is a game that basically, if it was your first experience of a proper FPS um, on consoles, if you hadn't, for example, played Goldeneye, if you had played Goldeneye, then this was like, you know, the next step forwards. If you weren't raised on PC FPSs, this is huge for you. And I think the, the, the bulk of the, the people who make up the group who say, no way is this a perfect game, are mainly PC gamers who have been playing on, you know, much more advanced PCs for the preceding 10 years than us with our crappy consoles. Halo. But I'd actually say that for, for, for many more reasons than, uh, I think we've, I don't, did we ever list all of those things that Halo does? Or did, which no one else ever did. Not that I recall, but... Yeah, Let's it's... just go through them quickly right now. Rechargeable energy bar. That, uh, carrying only two weapons. Yep, carrying only two weapons. Taking cover, and then just waiting, and then coming straight back out. Uh, Chris Hartnett definitely has something to say about that. We'll talk to him in a few weeks. Uh, huge um, open world combat. Yeah, the epic scale of the combat. Epic scale, yeah, yeah. Definitely. It's, it seems like a small thing, but grenades, hotkeyed. So you can just use grenades and the melee as well. Whereas, mm-hmm. you know, in most other pre- uh, previous FPSs, you had to go cycle through to zero or nine for whichever one was your melee attack or your grenades. 
Um, I remember one. I remember vehicle one. combat. Yeah. Yeah, I yep. remember one level took me four hours to get through, and I loved yeah. it. I critically <laughs> loved it. So uh, yeah. I, I think the point here, though, AI that would actually start to outthink you and outflank you, flanking at all. The point Which is, all half life, not <laughs> degree. All this stuff had been done kind of before in, in lots of other games, but none of them had it all in one game. None of them just felt so coherent and cohesive and as multiplayer mode. But it, it's Again, not. I could, the extension of Goldeneye and various other uh, FPSs, but um. But even at the time, I would tell you it wasn't a perfect game. It, it had repeating environments. A library were, level. Yeah, which, yeah, the repeating environments. Yeah, which were annoying. Um, but it, it changed the industry, and I, I think if you start really analysing any of these games, and actually you can see the legacy that it left behind, and I think that's one of the main things that, that contributes to what we class as a game. <laughs> Maybe not perfect, perfect, but key is, for yeah, its time. We've got to get off this word perfect, because there is yeah. no such thing. Um, it took it that took style of game off of the PC... Yeah. onto the console mm-hmm. and oh, obviously some snooty PC people didn't like that so much uh, and then you know and so what but fuck them whatever uh, <laughs> you just said fuck everyone who was running the PCs <laughs> no <laughs> what I mean is just bollocks to them because uh, you know it's like well we we got it and we, we want to keep it to ourselves well bollocks to you like, you know they've, they've figured out a way to get this on to, you know play an FPS with a controller I mean some people even to this day still say to that you know, keyboard and mouse away. okay fair enough whatever you know, I can. I'm happily. I can happily play both. So, huh. the conversations contained herein do not necessarily represent the thoughts of Digital Cowboys. <laughs> Sorry, no balls to them. <laughs> right, no. um, I, I skipped one. Metal Gear Solid on PlayStation One. There is. I mean, Gran Turismo back in the day was also considered an absolutely fucking exceptional yep. game, but has been iterated upon again and again and again. But uh, the original Metal Gear Solid, even today, very few people who have actually played it originally the first time could argue it was anything less than beyond perfect for what the PlayStation could achieve in those days. Groundbreaking, how about that? a fucking incredible game. Um, so yeah, Metal Gear Solid, not so much to even, th- yeah, 3 has its problems, 4, again, kind of struggling, but uh, first one, most definitely. Yeah, definitely. Uh, Half-Life, t- which came first, Half-Life 2 or Resident Evil 4? Half-Life 2. Okay. Half-Life 2 um, kicked the PC FPS into the next generation. And just up the graphical... It made people buy new PCs. This is the point at which I became a snooty PC. Uh, <laughs> a before anyone has a go at me. Has a go at me. Um, you know, th- th- this was the game that actually made me... I went, okay, so I totally need to buy a PC at this point. Yeah. So, And then I spent a year or so researching computers and all that. And that's actually how I got into... Got into um, Half-Life 2 is the reason I'm in... Is the reason I'm sitting here talking to you on a computer I built myself. Mm. So I have I have a lot to uh, if it's 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 I have a lot to be thankful for. I absolutely adore that game. So well, I would I would argue as well that Half Life Two is is the console's equivalent of Halo. I think I think first person shooters up up until that point, and now I'm going to get like you know a lot of people say no, you're wrong. But I'll, I'll make, yeah, I'll, I'll make this blank blanket statement. I think. Uh, the PC first-person shooters were struggling up to this point, and they were looking for that next thing to kind of counteract what the consoles were doing in, in their space, and they needed their kind of their their mascot of such. And um, yeah, something you, know, you couldn't do on the consoles at the yeah, time. Yeah, it certainly wasn't. I remember that that first video where you saw the guy shoot the rocket up at the guy on the crane, and he, he hit him, and he flew what, halfway across the map. Yeah, all the like, physics. Oh my God. <laughs> I know there yeah. was a dodgy, there was a port of it on the on the original Xbox, and it was well dodgy. But um, yeah. Yeah, it's just, 
yeah, it was the PC that, that, that could only really do that kind of thing. But I, I, as you say, it's, it's one of those hindsights one now. A lot of people have had a lot to say about Half-Life 2, and you know, I, I think it's weathered a lot of that, but I think it's, it's now when you go back to it, yeah, it, game design has moved on, um, in some cases, leaps and bounds. But its trace can still be felt all the way through the industry, and I think... You know, once again, that's what I'm looking down this list. That's what all these games bring is a legacy of, uh, you know, features that uh, would be copied by other games and sometimes mm. certainly improved upon, um, but and certainly bettered, but uh, at the same time, never quite the same. And that, that once again, that's what Portal suffers from. Speaking of uh, copying other games, when Portal, uh, sorry, after Portal had come out, and uh, well, all I'll say, Paul, is enjoy the last few sections of Darksiders if you like Portal. <laughs> You're like the last three sections of Darksiders. There's a gauntlet that fires out two kinds of, shall we call them portals? One's orange, one's blue. Uh. <laughs> it's the same thing. Darksiders that copy pretty much everything and mash it well, into yeah. the game. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's Zelda. The first time Darksiders was unoriginal. I mean, the thing, I suppose with, with, I mean, Half-Life 2's, uh, it, I've actually been playing it through it recently on the 360, and actually, I, I still think gameplay-wise, it holds up remarkably well. For a game, for a game that was originally released in, what, late 2004, mm. uh, I mean, certainly, I, I've, I've also been playing a bit of Halo 2 on the PC, and for me, which was released around about the same time, and the difference is <laughs> night and day. I'm sorry to say, I know, I know you're a massive, Halo fan, and I like, I love. I'm a massive Halo Two no. fan. Well, exactly, but so for me, the difference is night and day, um, and I still think it holds up really well. I love, I love Half Life Two, and I've, I make no, not, I'm no, it's no secret, I'm not ashamed to say that. So, yeah. uh, another favorite of yours, Paul, Resident Evil Four. Oh uh, God! Just, again, these all seem to be the ones that kickstart something huge. Mm-hmm. Uh, in this case, the 3D action game and survival horror was transformed by this one, uh, you know, and, and transformed and combined in this uh, one game. And uh, again, it just seemed to do everything right, didn't it? Yeah. Oh yeah. Over shoulder camera angle as well. Yeah. It, it it got me interested in a Resident Evil game, so that is that is its highest accolade right there. Very few detractors, as I recall. Yeah. I mean, to me, it's not perfect because the last few sections of the game, and indeed especially Resident Evil Five, when you start being shot at in a Resident Evil game <laughs> by just common mobs, not just like a, a particular antagonist you have to take out, that that kind of scotches the whole Resident Evil atmosphere. They shouldn't have guns. They shouldn't have fucking mini guns. That's mental. But you see, that, that for me, ironically, is what actually made the game fun, because I was seeing... Because yeah. for me, up until that, it was lumbering zombies, boring, yeah. isometric... I hated all of the other Resident Evil I didn't mind the ones with axes. They're just, it, you know, guns. It just... It, just it, it was like some... As I, I think I've said before, someone went, right, what would Paul like? <laughs> and it's just... They just ramped up... It needed that, it needed that kick up the arse. It, yeah. And it, it's obviously had a massive impact on everything else. On all, you, know, you think of Gears of War and things like that. Yeah. They're definitely yeah, influenced by it. I think in Space, so much, so much influence. It's ridiculous, and yeah. if all from this game, I just thought, I remember seeing those videos. This guy, I'm, fucking, I'm all over that one. That's out, and yeah, don't, yeah, loved it. Absolutely adore mm. that game again. Sorry, I sound, I sound like I'm God Almighty. I sound. Do you remember those list yeah. episodes we did? <laughs> I sound terrible, but it well, just, let's let's jump you're and skip through these, these games. Are okay, you know. very quickly, jump and skip through these. Shadow of the Colossus. I don't think I need to say much more about that. It's a perfect game to most of its fans. But I think that's a prime example of knowing where a lot of people are coming from. It's, it's, I mean, you're not doing the thing where you're saying Shadow of the Colossus is a one-star game. How dare they? Oh, it's horrendous. As I have said over and over again, everyone, if you have the means, play Shadow of the Colossus. It doesn't matter that it's extremely frustrating at times or, or kind of 
there, there are moments when you're like, well, why couldn't they fix that? It's what it actually gives you as a story, as a world, mm-hmm. is incredibly effective. Not that, perfect, but there but, you go. Yeah. <laughs> Do we know when the HD version is out? I know it's next delayed. Year. Is it next year yeah. now? Oh, it's damn. being pushed all the way back. back. Yeah. That's his last Guardian. Uh, world of Warcraft. Far from perfect, but for what it does, for what it's achieved, Tony? It revolutionised the industry, and whether people like that or not, I mean, we've said that time and time again, and I would class it as still my favourite game I've ever played. Mm. Is it perfect? No. Damn right it's not. But uh, Somewhat repetitive. Did, did it strive <laughs> to do things in it? Do to, to do God stuff? damn, is it repetitive? Yeah, well. <laughs> Have you played it recently, Alex? I forgot to ask. I played it for a few hours last week. Oh, okay, just checking. You bastard. <laughs> <laughs> I'm now one of those people that say it's just ridiculous you can level that fast. All that hard work I put into it, like, you know, that's months, yeah. if not years worth of work. Blah, blah, blah. I was told over about the fact that in one session, <laughs> and not even at the end of the session, but like halfway through the session, I got my mount. Yeah. You should be able to get your mount in the first session. Uh, no, of interest, how long would, of that, would that have taken before? Out of interest. Go, oh, I have no idea. Well, I mean, here we go. This is where people have done it. In, well, you know, if, you, if you're mad, then people do it within weeks anyway. But uh, no, it, to get to level 40 would have been... It used to take a while, yeah. Oh, no, you're, you're talking months. You're, you're not talking a day. You're talking months. He's well, you remember, it used to cap at 60, Paul. So basically, once you hit 40, uh, right. you had you had a ways to go, but they didn't want you to rush there. Oh, you used to get your mount at 40, not 20. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, well, no, just, I, I remember, I remember. I mean, I know we're going slightly off track, but I, was just, I, I, could, I couldn't remember how, because it's been so long since Tony was playing it. I remember one-sided phone calls um, while uh, he played Warcraft. Incomprehensible, We're all talking about stuff, and I was like, I have no idea. Hey, what about this guitar hero? Yeah, and so on. That, that, uh, oh, actually, we didn't put Rock Band in this list. <laughs> I can't believe we didn't put Rock Band in there, right? But the, the point being is World of Warcraft uh, shook up an industry that which didn't know which, you know, it was a direction. It just seemed to be uh, getting caught up in stale. And it, it took the industry and shook it up and, and moved it forward again. And maybe Warcraft itself now is is becoming uh, stale and other people need to take that reign. But mm. that, that doesn't mean it, it wasn't a game that was you know, hugely important. And I think that's where my perfect statement is, is starting to well, my, start to take shape in my mind. Stuff mm. that actually do, you know, has changed the industry and moved it forward. Uh, Portal. <laughs> I think I've got, we've got to say that so many people believe it to be perfect. One of the huge factors in this is that it came out of nowhere. We all bought the orange box because we wanted Half-Life 2 and the episodes and Team Team Fortress 2. And we'd seen Portal and thought, that looks really interesting. But it wasn't what we were buying it for. So when we got to play Portal and it turned out to be the absolute highlight of that disc, we almost felt like we'd been given a game for free. You know, even though it was part and parcel of what we'd been been given, it was like, this came out of nothing and asked nothing... This came out of nowhere and asked nothing from me, and it gave me so much. I love this game. I bum this game. And, and that's, you know, the fact that it was short meant nothing to us, because we'd gotten it in our heads for a very reasonable price, because the Orange Box was, and still remains, one of the absolute highest value packages you can get. And, and there's no expectation on it, because you don't know what, what we did. Hmm. We did wrong. Well, there is now. Anyone who's playing it now is like, right, impress me. Exactly the the uh, the repeating <laughs> structure of what we're about to get into, but hey. Mm-hmm. Okay, um, then there's Rock Band. I think we may have mentioned this game once. No, no I've never discussed it. Released in two thousand, late two thousand seven. Well, in the states, yes. In the states, yeah. I think it came out over here 
Was, was there a bit of a time? I can't even carry Did on. Do you want to know something? Yeah. Ironically, it's it's exactly what is the tw- as we record this. What is the twenty third? Isn't it? Yeah, it's exactly three years to the, to the, so I basically, to the day. Yeah, I believe. So it was what? Four years ago? Was it four? Three years ago. Three years ago, we had the uh, the episode with the front cover that said "At long fucking last." <laughs> I, believe it, I believe it was the twenty third. Yeah. How okay. how bizarre is that? Um, okay, I'm going to actually say that Rock Band Two kind of consolidated uh, the, everything that Rock Band had achieved and turned it into a platform because yeah. you were able to export and. It was like, right, this is proof of concept. We can actually do this. And you would argue, I'm assuming, Paul, that it had the best vocal engine, right? Uh, it, it, well, okay. I, I know what I said six months <laughs> ago. Uh, I, I can't really argue too much about it now because of what's happened since then. But, uh, but the fact that you've absolutely aced everything on every disc and are now working your way through the thousands and thousands of. <laughs> well, no, I, I've done. I've currently. I've done. All, I've done all of that, and I've done every. I've got. I, I'm not. I'm not one of these people who buys every every bit of DLC because it's pointless. Just every other like, bit. There's songs I can't stand, so I'm like, why the hell would I want to sing that? But yeah, everything I actually have, I've I've FC'd. So, um, so yeah. Hence I, playing I, Batman Arkham Asylum. Hence right playing Portal Two and Arkham Asylum and yeah. stuff like that. So, um, but. As I said, and Alexander beheld the breadth of his domain and wept, for there were no more worlds to conquer. It's a first world problem. I've run out of deal. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, what can I say? Well, you know, we can only hope for Friday coming soon. It, uh, I, I'll be all over that. Okay, so rock band in in what it attempts to do, and it basically was the pinnacle of the music rhythm action genre. Maybe rock band two, maybe rock band three, no, but it's one of those. Rock band two is the game I played basically pretty much t- mm. t- two to the exclusion of everything else for about two years, as as well you guys know. However, none of them are perfect because none of them you can make have hyperspeed all the time when just basically you, you log in and it knows you want hyperspeed because yeah. you're Alex Shaw. For the love of God, why can't you implement that? Seriously, it's so simple. One out of ten. One. Yeah. One out of ten. <laughs> One. No. Yeah. Okay, it's only a Why should I have to go in, go extras, modifiers... Hyperspeed. Why do I have to turn the microphone volume down every time? It's, there's so many. There are so many little things. Like Just remember, it's, it's, this is you know, it's it's, <laughs> it's options that we we change. It, we don't expect to, every time we go back into Call of Duty to reset our sound options yeah. or whatever. It's, it's and the, the, on, the online mode is janky as hell. I, I, I'm going to press the, the skip forward button on this. If so you want, move on. We just said. <laughs> I suppose it's just to say, you know, this is a game I play, uh, Rock Band 3, I've, pl- I've basically been playing solidly for six months, yet for me there are still flaws with it. Um, no. Although I think it's an amazing game, there are flaws, there are problems with it. So. Here's an interesting one, Bioshock. Most people who played the original Bioshock would say that was the absolute perfect game. Tony and I, and about five other people, would say Bioshock 2. <laughs> Yeah, but I'm I'm not criticising Bioshock. <laughs> I'm not criticising Bioshock either, but of the two games, I think That's Bioshock it. actually improves on the original. You know, your comment, your your conversations about that have actually prompted me to pick up both games again. Yeah. So uh, well, that was about six months ago. Good choice. Admittedly, admittedly, <laughs> I, I look. I had deal. I had. I had songs to sing, man. What can I say? And now you don't have songs to sing, so you this have very, adventures got, to adventure. Okay, I've got some Lady Gaga stuff to do, all right? I just need to keep okay, okay. silent. <laughs> and um, most recently, I think Red Dead Redemption, the amount of praise that got and the amount of love that game has got, and the, the, the there are a few niggles with it, but the amount that it... Okay, right, I've said amount four times. I'm just going to say that... As a way of evoking a world that we haven't ever really had a chance to explore properly yet, and one that's very close to our hearts, Tony and I. <laughs> um, 
as a recreation of the Old West, it is second to none to any other production in any other medium. There is no film or TV series which evokes this so much. Deadwood comes close. Unforgiven comes close. There are several, you know, the Leone films come close. But this, as an experience, is far more textured. You feel like you're there and you're making the decisions for him. I, I, it's fan fucking right. Looking down this list, in my There's mind, other ones forgotten, but yeah, yeah it'll do for and, now. Yeah, but this could go on for. Yeah, I mean, this could turn into a Sega Cow episode. With, you know, we hate lists. lists. Let me remind you. Let's lists. do that Let's list episode. Come on. Every single list Every single one of these games says to me that they didn't settle for what was there. They strived mm-hmm. for. Not perfection, but strive for more than what was just currently available. Mm. And that what's makes every single one of these stand out. For instance, Rock Band. Okay, it's based on a guitar hero type brand. Obviously, you know, mm. harmonics that are linked with that anyway. But it didn't just say, oh well, you know, we're a new, you know, we, we've got new funding, we, you know, we can just release the same thing. It went, how can we improve on this? Let's do this yeah, band. Yeah. Sure, the sequel's maybe slightly better, but that initial one, it went, Jesus Christ, here's an idea, no one's seen it before, go for it. And it just seemed at the time pitch perfect. Mm. Same for Red Dead Redemption. The well, the feeling. You know, we had seen Western games before, although admittedly not many, which is strange, I've always said that. Mm. But it just got that tone, that feeling, pitch perfect. Sure, it's got its flaws, the combat I still find kind of repetitive and annoying. But it's more than that. The game strives to be more than that. Half-Life, Halo, Resident Evil, just go down these lists. Every single one of these games never settled to be what was on the market at that current point. Mario 64, you know, it revolutionized platform games because it, it took them into a 3D world. Now, you could argue that's a fluke, but there's not many games better than that now. Even to this day, Mario 64, you know, strives so far down the line that they end yeah. up, you know, being... I mean, Sunshine definitely there. wasn't better. No one has oh, ever seen Sunshine. Well, no, I actually thought Sunshine was terrible. That actually, mm. I'd go so far as to say it was a terrible game. In fact, I was a bit put off even Mario Galaxy, but that mm. turned out to be amazing, so... A lot of people, um, um, you know, still absolutely adore Galaxy over 64. Yeah, but... There's only a few of us left who still cling to 64. Look at Shadow of the Colossus. I don't think it's it's the, uh, you know, that game's full of technical issues. You know, we know that. But I think that was just because it was hampered by the platform that it was on. Mm-hmm. I think given now, and this is why so many people... If it had been on PS3 as a launch title. Yeah, it's, it, but it's it strive for an atmosphere and, you know, a gameplay that you hadn't really been uh, hadn't really been seen before. And, you know, it's it a cla- beat the shit out of the giant yeah. enemy crab. It's actually. a classic a, a example. Murky wor- a murky world it was evoking. Easy to do on the PS2. But, <laughs> I mean, looking at most of these games, a lot of these actually really struggled on the platforms they were because they were pushing the platforms yeah. to the limits. Even though Mario 64, I wouldn't say that it was... Was it the first game, wasn't it? It was the very first game. But, you I know, know it, it was the first game. Yeah, <laughs> and, that, and that, you know, that pushed it for a very long time. Time, isn't it? You know, I'm looking down this list, and it just seemed to be stuff that has taken an idea and said, "What can we achieve?" and pushed and pushed and pushed. So, Portal Two. Hello, investors. Dave Johnson here. Now, I know you've sunk a lot of money into the dual portal device, but I'm here to tell you we're not banging rocks together over here. We know how to make a quantum space hole. Carolyn, see, portal here, portal there. <laughs> Look at this thing go. We have run into a reproducible human error problem. A lot of expensive equipment getting broken. But don't worry, Cave took care of it. Gentlemen, I give you the long fall boot. Think of it as a foot-based suit of armor for the portal device. 
I'm not going to lie to you, it's expensive as hell. But check this out. We told this test subject to just go ahead and try to land on her head. <laughs> she can't do it. Good work, Boots. So anyway, we're between banks right now. Just make those checks out to cash. Cave Johnson, we're done here. Let, rather than, than honing in on every little fucking thing about it, yeah. let's just pick five things that really impress the fuck out of us about the mechanics of Portal 2. Um, I mean, I'm going to start straight away and say that this is not a spoiler for anyone. The fluid mechanics surprised the shit out of me about how complex and interesting they were. Yeah. So I got slightly disappointed by the fluid mechanics because I actually thought there was something different. For some reason, and maybe this is because I, I try to avoid everything about Portal 2 up until release, I got it in my head that you'd be firing the liquid from the portal gun itself, like a mm. chamber underneath, like a... Like a, like a grenade launcher. Yeah, like that, that you could then just maybe have the white liquid and... Wait, wait. Why did I have to go with white? Colours. <laughs> <laughs> so firing white liquid from your gun? What the... Hang on a minute. Yeah, um, like you, could, you could have taken the blue liquid and fire it anywhere you want. If it's gone if it's gone orange, something's gone orange. You've, you've had too many what's it? Uh, yeah, so I, I um, They didn't do that. Is that. The whole point of Portal is that it's precise. It doesn't just cover everything in white and say, <laughs> just put your portals anywhere. It actually wants you to do them. There's always, there's pretty much only ever one way to solve a puzzle. And I think you and I, Tony, managed to solve a puzzle in the co-op in a way that it wasn't supposed to be done. And I think it fritzed the game a bit, but uh, we carried on. Yeah. I don't know exactly what happened, but Tony ended up jumping from a place he shouldn't have been able to jump from. Yeah. But uh, yeah, no, the whole point is that if you can just put um, blue or orange or white anywhere, then it, it takes away that 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 sense of being. Um, of there being a very specific where it's basically like you know I, I really wish that I could have taken my Rubik's cube apart and put it back together that would have been so much cooler well no the restrictions are what make the game uh, I did I did Alex when not I was a kid say, not to say you're wrong but it, it um, that that's what I, I believe a grenade launcher type liquid launcher would have been but I, I would have been wrong that's my point yeah. Um, it's what I it's it's what I had in my mind, and you know, having played the game, then of course it would have been wrong. You couldn't just put stuff, you know, had oh, uh, use this chamber. I think, in many respects, actually, that could have made for a, quite complex puzzles because mm. you know, it could be argued that you know they were giving you a fluid, and there was always a way, obviously, clearly, always a way to use this fluid, and it's just yeah. working out which portals were meant to go where. It w yeah, it would have made for a different game actually. Mm. The, the, the notion that you could actually have gone f figured your own way out of it, it would have been more like uh, scribble notes. Hey, maybe that's for Portal 3. Yeah. But that would, that would break the nature of the game. Not necessarily so. in a bad way, but it would, it would break it open. Um, I'm going to say the music. Uh, in terms of actually being able to evoke a, 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 again, I'm all about atmosphere. And uh, as Daniel Floyd has mentioned this before, aesthetics and how different they are from graphics. <clears throat> the aesthetics in Portal 2 are flabbergasting. There were moments when I was actually standing across an abyss and looking out into space, and I just, my mind was boggled. And there were moments when I just thought, I can't, I can't actually take all of this in. It's too huge. And the sound, and the soundscapes, and, and the sort of the creaking magnificence and magnitude of it, there are three pieces of music and three bodies of work that immediately were evoked while I listened to uh, the, the Portal 2 soundtrack. Blade Runner by Vangelis. Uh, the Resistance by Muse, the whole album, but specifically the Exogenesis Symphony. Philip Glass, specifically his um, uh, the music that was actually in Grand Theft Auto 4 and Watchmen. Pruitt Ego, 
And Mass Effect, which, by the way, was inspired by Vangelis. In all three scenarios, it's, it's the ballet of the planets. It's physics moving in such a massive sense that you're just a tiny little speck in this grand scheme of things. It's, when you're looking at this, it's not really a spoiler. There's a big vault door that opens and you feel dwarfed by the magnitude of it. There's events that happen by the end of the game where you're like, I cannot believe this is actually happening. And it's, it's the making you feel small that makes the game feel bigger. It's, 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 it's all effectively perspective. Um, and it, it sells the world to you in that, in that sense of that you're a small player in the part of a grand scheme. And also, specifically in the midsections, you're coming across things that have been and gone and happened. And it's, again, it's telling the story through, through what you're seeing. But again, it, it feels like you're 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 you know picking through a crypt, like you're this treasure hunter looking at. It's more like Uncharted almost. So you to, to work out what's actually happened. Yeah, I mean, also I think Val, Valve have a very good hi- history of you know, their use of music in games to sort of um, you know for certain. I mean, Half Life Two is is you know it, it sort of comes and goes rather than is it's not a consistent thing. So mm. I think that's I think that's also what you're what you're also kind of getting at. Yeah, and it felt, again, obviously, to anyone who's played it, to, to say the middle section, it felt like Half-Life 2, in that it, it expands the world, and, and you end up sort of exploring in a way that it, it diverges from what... This is one of the things that it really actually uh, achieves. It, it gives you section after section uh, that that play out, and you just, around about the time when you're like, where's this going, it suddenly changes key on you. So you never get bored with any scenario, and there's always a host to guide you through. But it's... It felt like at any point where you finished one of those sections of the game, it could have finished the game, but then it expands it even more. So it's, it's, it's going through one rabbit hole and finding an even bigger one. See, I, I mean, to, to dent the perfectness of this game, actually, I, I found occasionally the, the beats of that were slightly too drawn out. Kind of, do you know as, as in when you, you play for the game and there was a lot of exposition of what you were about to do because it, you know it introduces different environments and mm-hmm. then certainly like as in when it introduced the the fluid mechanic and it suffers more in the fluid mechanic I think because it slowly introduces each color to you mm-hmm. one by one before having you know a crescendo consen- crescendo crescendo That'll do. Um, <laughs> of uh, all the colours being used at once in, in one of the final levels, I kind of felt like the beats were just a bit too long. There was too much. Um, you know, this is how the blue goes on the ground, and the blue <laughs> goes, and you can jump, and isn't that clever? And then you go into the next level where there's a bit more blue, and if you do, and then it eventually, after about twenty, thirty minutes of it explaining, you know, exactly how the blue works, it gives you one puzzle to say, "Well, go on, then now you're going to have to really figure it out yourself." I kind of got it, and like puzzles one and two, and then it kind of went three and four, and I was desperate for, you know, maybe for five and six. If that makes sense, just to speed up it a bit more. But it's kind of like the, the nurturing, the babysitting of the. Uh, but isn't that isn't that just the nature of the you know the way the the setup of that? I mean, we won't get too bogged down the story, but that part of it is that you're you're basically in an area. Where there were these test chambers going on, and mm-hmm. you know, so essentially you have to work on the basis that it's it's designed for the people, you know, in the world that the the game inhabits, you know, uh, the you know world in the game for the game, well, game world, who who would have actually been going through all these various test chambers, and they just obviously closed all that section off, and so I think 
Valve is still in control of those beats. They they tell you that because that's what they want you to to know it. But it, it's you know if you actually go and listen to the commentary, it I mean once again Valve doing commentary in their games. Please developers, can you follow suit? Because the commentary is fantastic. I'm fascinated by how they put these games worlds together, mm. and I'm sure it can't take that long. There you go, blanket statement for all the developers to go seriously. Um, so anyway, they they organise where those beats are. And I, I you know I think actually Paul, in the context of the story, you are perfectly correct. It's just, and maybe this is somewhere some of the um, you know I I have played Portal before um, comes in to play just a little bit. It's like okay, I understand the basic nature of portals. You don't really need to tell me how those how those work, but of course they do because new players will be entering it. So it's a little slow to get going, and I just kind of feel like it takes a little bit long to get through the the exposition of. Of how each one's work, but I mean, once again, it's it's exactly what we said. We, you can nitpick, you can criticise, and that's just a small criticism. It, it's not like a major fault of the game. It's just something that kind of, you know, a couple of times, like, can we just move on from yeah. the simpleness, please? It, uh, on a side note, I think anybody who starts playing Portal Two without playing Portal One is is out of their goddamn mind. Yeah, I, I, I do it's, actually know people who did this, and you're just like, seriously, it's, it's like going to see uh, Two Towers without seeing Fellowship. Seriously. You don't think that first one's going to be important <laughs> enough to spend your time on? You don't think that might help and, and make you enjoy this second one? Is there any point to you? I mean, seriously. So if if you have, then uh, seriously, go out and get the orange box. That's, and we'll thank us. that's the same argument of, yeah, the Mass Effect 3 has been delayed because they're trying to make it more accessible for new players. Bonkers. Well, but I mean, the, yeah. the problem there is the PlayStation 3 players. Well, they've so. had two. Yeah, and the comic that tells them what happened in one, it's not good enough. Okay, right, well, you've said what you've kind of niggled by, Tony. Tell us something you like. I, I go, I'll go straight into what really blew me away about Portal 2. And, you know, I've, I've sat there, I've, listened, I've read some of the criticisms, and I've read the praise that is, you know, is, is you know, pretty damn high, let's face it. I mean, I don't even know what the Metacritic score is, but I'm sure it was in the 90s. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've taken that all to one side and kind of just looked at it as you should do as any reviewer, and, and what, what did it say to me? Going into Portal 2... Alex and me didn't really know how they were ever going to follow up Portal because it, it is one once again one of these sacred cows and it, it it done a unique concept and you couldn't really see how they were going to expand this. For example, Alex and me are talking about the still alive levels that they they added the extra levels on as DLC, didn't they? I think on the Xbox Live Marketplace. Yeah, and no, it was, the, a, it was an were, XBLA game, wasn't it? So yeah. um, it's yeah. a completely separate thing. And they um, were uh, they were missing Glados, so it. It did not feel like a portal game. It felt like the portal mechanics. Uh, by the way, it's a 95 at the moment. <laughs> it's yeah. pretty, so it's pretty good. Uh, but yeah, no, it didn't feel. It was lacking the soul. Yeah. So, so my point being is that um, you know, I, what I thought they were going to do with Portal 2, and I should have known better, was just give us a bunch of new levels, 
add up a course story was always going to be uh, an important thing to them, but still give us the, the, the feeling of chess chambers, uh, which I was a bit worried about because I, I didn't really get along with uh, Still Alive. I didn't actually like, you know, I thought the complex puzzles were really fun and interesting in context of what, when it was in the story of the game. But out of that, just given as face value, like, hey, here's a pack of new, uh, you know, new maps basically to, to fire really important. It didn't really do anything for me. So I was worried, and the things that got me with Portal 2 was the story. Um, I didn't, I, I couldn't even, in my wildest dreams, that makes it sound so, you know, I'm going to cut that out, right? Do not no, no, man. Some dreams. of my dreams are pretty wild. I, I honestly couldn't imagine that they would have taken the story as far as they did. Um, and it's a blessing and a curse, but more of a blessing for me. Um, it's the opening environments. It's it's having the, the you know the tight chambers to start off with. Obviously, I'm going to show you how the portal gun works. But then it's just ripping that all apart. A lot of people have criticised. If if you're going to criticise, a lot of people have criticised that it it makes the environments too big and it, it makes the portal placements uh, sometimes a bit tricky because you can't actually see where you need to put them. Rather than just a puzzle, it's kind of uh, moving around the landscape. But that's what I love. It's so different from the first portal because it is moving through the landscape and not just moving through the landscape it's moving through the story beats and that's the thing that has blown me away with this is how they've actually managed to take a fairly simple concept and obviously they blew it out on, on the first portal but it was so short that they didn't really have time to play with it but in the second portal they've said right you're going to have what eight nine I mean, some people have taken 12 hours to get through the single-player campaign. And you're going to use the portal method to actually move through the environment rather than just compete in test chambers. That's the thing that blew me away. Uh, well, most of it comes down to actually the co-op. So, But um, I think, for me, it's the, you know, I think, obviously, for the main, the, I don't know, the, the main part of the game, the single-player experience, is obviously all the, the characters, so GLaDOS... Um, Wheatley, Wheatley in particular, Steve Merchant, I think, deserves <laughs> ma- massive props. I mean, I know we don't want this to be a, a, a review as such, but uh, I, mean, I think he, re- he really steals the show in that. Uh, re- really, I don't know, they just, they do it, Valve do a very, very good job of creating, uh, a, creating a, 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 telling a story even with a silent character where everyone in the, in the world itself feels just, it just, it's all pitch perfect basically. It's just, yeah, I, I can't, I don't know. It's, it's hard. It's hard to really. I love this game. Basically, <laughs> I'm sorry. Yeah. Sorry. Sorry to all you the. You fell. You fell over. I failed. But yeah, just yeah. Uh, but uh, I, I, we'll get onto the carbon a little bit. But um, not many games have had the ability to be funny. Now, obviously, people. Yeah. yeah. Yes. Monkey Island. You know, it's an old. I mean, if we're having. If, Shay, if, if we're having to go all the way back to Monkey Island, I think there's a slight problem with the, the argument in the first place. Um, and obviously, you know. Comedy is in the eye of the beholder, of course. But I I laughed so much at Portal 2, and mm. maybe it was just it's something that tickled my funny bone. And it doesn't necessarily have to be anybody else's out there. And sorry, but it I does. Can't. It is. It is funny universally. It no is. one has said yeah. this game isn't funny. Why is it trying to make me laugh? Not that I've read anyway. And oh, there'll be someone. I'm sure. Yeah, and everything I want to say about that is can be contained within the spoiler section because there's a couple of moments within the game where you know it's it's all 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 self-knowing, which is is yeah is very good. So one of the things that um actually, if you think about it, it's, it Portal really has in its favour regarding humour is not dying all that often. You you only die a couple of times, and that's if you really fuck up a puzzle and end up falling into the sludge, and that's usually funny in and of itself. You don't usually have to hear. 
um, lines said over and over again. If you play the Futurama game, which was actually originally written by Futurama writers, hearing those lines over and over and over and over again because you died and had to go back through there, or because they were just basically saying them over and over again because your characters would say them, is it's stamping on them with giant yeah. comedy boots. And it kills any enjoyment you'd otherwise have. All you have to do is hear all of these lines twice, and it's no longer funny. I think vid- so. It's just a few. Hum- humor okay. in video games is very, very tricky. And yeah, very I think tricky. Por- portal, uh, the portal games are a, a very a rare examples of getting mm. it right. The other timing. thing is timing. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, it's timing. <laughs> that is the key to humor. It was you can get anybody to say the funniest line ever, but if they haven't got the timing, it's not going to work. I mean, even playing Portal One uh, as I did a few um, a few months ago, even even now it was funny. I was laughing at some of the stuff because I hadn't played it in a while. So it's not like, you know, yeah, I, I, still, I, I think if you played that game over and over again all the time, then yeah, you might you you okay. I've heard well, I've, before, I've, I've experienced that now with the carp. You know, I've, we've been through a number of the carp levels a few times now. It's like, yeah, yeah, I heard that joke. Very good. <laughs> Co-op. I think Paul's going to be the expert on this one because you seem to have had the best time of it. And don't just spell superlatives. Brilliant, fantastic, wonderful. Brilliant, fantastic, wonderful. Right? Don't you dare. <laughs> okay, right. I will uh, get Optimus Prime on your ass. I swear to God. Okay, uh, this is. I think this is the area we're slightly divided. You see, I, in all honesty, much prefer the co-op mode to the mm. single player. It's not to say that I don't. I dislike the single player mode. I loved it, but and I do think you, uh, if you're playing this game, you need to play it single player first, then co-op. That's the way it needs to be round, in yeah, my opinion. Yeah. <coughs> so that you can get to. to I can't really to say the, uh, why here, mechanics. but that that's yeah. the reason why. Well, um, yeah. Spoiler section at the end. I mean, it's... precisely. So, but, mm-hmm. um, but the key bit here is that for me co-op games I think the reason I like this so much uh, versus other co-op games I've played is because it actually feels like you have to be cooperative with the other person and what I mean by this is uh, you have to work as a team to get this stuff done I play co-op games like we mentioned Left 4 Dead obviously mm-hmm. very very well you know widely played co-op game and even stuff like Halo 3 is a good example of like four player I, I have played those games where I have gone I've gone through a, an entire level without firing a single shot and mm-hmm. not feeling like I was involved in any way because Everyone steps over everyone, and like I've, I've gone to points where I was about to shoot some guy, and then another person just shot him, and I was like, I, I just I'm Cheers for that. getting fed up with this basically. Whereas this requires absolute teamwork. I mean, the key, the, uh, you absolutely have to have a decent co-op on. In fact, if I could just a slight, slight sideways here, I have to do a. For my shame, I did not mention his name when we, uh, when I was discussing Rock Band, uh, however many months ago it was. But yeah. I played this uh, with a guy called Matthew, whose um, his name is Lentini, uh, and he's first of all an absolute dude. What can I say? I, I big up that guy. I can't, I can't big him up enough. Uh, he's, he plays Rock Band. I play Rock Band with him. Feb. He's, he's an amazing pro drummer. He's absolutely incredible at it. And. Uh, we played it together uh, in in a day, basically. I think we, we I think we started at like two, I think like two in mid afternoon, and we finished at like one a.m. after a little bit of a break at some point in the evening. And it's just as you, as you said, we just we rocked it hard. You absolutely have to have someone to talk to. I think this is part of the problem why I think with the PS uh, two, let's face it, the PS three, the voice comms isn't isn't with the best will in the world isn't great uh, and it requires it really really requires that sort of 
Well, let's face it, for the first few weeks after launch of Portal 2, not much you could do. And I I, I seriously think there's an element of, like, well, people are going, oh, well, it's not so great, but there's a whole half of the game that you haven't played yet. So whereas we're also sitting on the apparently inferior Xbox 360 version uh, and having a whale of time. But I'm not, I'm yeah, sorry. but that was just the circumstance. You it's, can't really exactly. level it against it's that. Going, but even so, I still think the I still I still think the voice comms in on that platform is right. The PC is different, obviously, but um, it, that's to keep it. Much most of the enjoyment you get out of the co-op mode is, is who you play it with. That's mm. absolutely crucial to this experience. So you need to find someone who you can work, who you can sit through. I mean, how long is it? How long would you say co-op is? What you just said nine hours. Nine hours. I didn't say nine. Hours, it was eight. Yeah. Well, no, no. There was a gap in there. So I'd t- probably no, I say about, about the single player. I'd say about six. I'd probably say about six, six, seven hours or thereabouts. Right. So uh, you've got to be. You've got to have a very good rapport with the other person. Thankfully, I do with Matthew. Thank, and uh, I hope he's. I hope he's sitting there nodding, or he's probably. Going, oh god! But uh, you have to yeah. trust them to a degree, definitely. Yeah, and uh, uh, betraying their trust is part of the yeah, magic. It's also, but... it's also, po- it's also pointless because you have to work together. I mean, there were there were loads of times where you know he'd, so, you know, I'd be sort of going, well, "How the bloody hell did you do this?" And he'd solved it straight away. And there are other ones you know, over here. Like, <laughs> yeah, it's just like, what on earth is going on? Uh, but there were quite a, a number of puzzles where he he would. There was one particular one where I won't, which I won't spoil. But he said something, and it immediately went, "Oh, I know now what we have to do." And it turned out that he's exactly the solution. And that, okay, Paul, that, just say it now. Just I will cut it out of the show. Oh, you want me to tell you which one it was? Yeah, it's the one where you how to land on the platform. Yeah, that gets uh, a lot of people. Yeah, that to me because he he mentioned something. He said something to do with those things on the side, and I suddenly went. I've got it. platform, I think, and that is exactly what, obviously, as you know, that is exactly what the solution was. Uh, and it's things like that. It's it's that sense of like it, it is a sense of cooperation. You just don't. I just haven't really felt that. I mean, I play rock band, obviously, and you know that's that's people working together, playing a song for a common yeah. goal. Uh, so yeah. just sense it's a kind of the same thing, just obviously yeah. with a different different kind of game. But everyone has to pull their weight. No one can yeah. really in both of those games you can't power ahead and yeah. go this is all about me yes. because then you get an buggered I, I mean yeah. I remember playing a, 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 yeah, obviously in Left, something like Left 4 Dead which I used to, I, I vividly mm. remember playing it with like Midge Meister for example yeah. he's, a, he's, he's you know he's just he, he just he powers forward and then die in horribly uh, so I, yeah but I think some of this is the fact that you know once again it comes down to the group and you know, not blaming Midge but it's oh, to, it, to, but it's to is, do with difficulty levels and you know, all, all the games you've mentioned can be absolutely amazing. You just need to know how to play it, what difficulty to play it, and what challenge will come from that. I think the difference from Portal 2, of course, is there is only two of you. So there's, it's a lot quicker to say to the other person that seriously, you're, gonna, you're either going to involve me in this because we're not going to get through this puzzle, yeah. or you know, we're not going to play together. And I think and, straight and away no. you build up a bond. It's very, very balanced as well. One of you has to do something, the other one has to do something equally important. Yeah. Even if it's being basically, wait... <laughs> I, I think what it comes down to ultimately is that this is the perfect kind of co-op game for me. That's mm. the very key bit. I, I just, I can't say I felt that with anything. I mean, this is why everyone, you know, the Halo 3 is an example. I remember Tony, you look raving about how brilliant. I, I had absolutely no fun playing co-op. I loved, I actually really enjoyed, the, aside from you know, that, that weird level. Um, uh, Cortana, the anus level. Uh, you know, I, I, enjoy, I actually preferred playing that in single player. No. To be honest, uh, this is totally amazing. Oh shit! Oh, you're right. So I just I dropped my trousers with how amazing it was. It it happens to us all. 
<laughs> okay. More like so, belt buckles. So, I didn't want to go to superlatives. The reason it works so well for me is because it's the perfect kind of card game for me. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, Tony, uh, you have a summation. Well, do you have anything to say about co-op? Obviously, we played it together. I think to begin with, you and I were way too businesslike, and we were like, "Right, let's get this done." <laughs> and by the end, we were playing around a bit more. And I think if you go in with a little bit more of a playful attitude, you will definitely have more fun. Because if you if you're just trying to get puzzles solved, it's almost like you're not entering into the spirit of Portal Two. Yeah. I think I think had I had the option to, I, I would have virtually high fived Matthew several times. You know, we, we solved a particular puzzle, mm. but it doesn't work so well in co-op in a split screen because of obviously, well, just it just looks it's just not as you need a whole screen yourself basically. <laughs> Absolutely, yes. Now I I think um, I mean I, I I still really really like co-op and I've played it a whole bunch. In fact, I mean I, I looked my total play time on Portal Two now is 28 hours. So you know the the single player story. I think I took about eight or nine, and it's one of those things where I, I went for that game and I didn't use a guide, and you know it's it's either very good game design from you know, the part of Valve, or you know I was just I, I was too persuasive in my own mind of not to actually go for a, a guide. But you know there was times where I was like, oh, I must must need a guide. Oh, what am I going to do here? And you know you do eventually work it out. I think the interesting thing in Carp is that you know obviously there's two of you on screen, and you're kind of using each other as guides because. One puzzle that may flummox somebody is mm. clear as day to the other person. Yeah. And so they feel like, oh, look, I'm leading the charge. I'm the one in control. Look at me. Ha ha. And then they get to, like, maybe two puzzles down the line. And they're just standing there going, huh? <laughs> and the other person's oh, going, look at me. You, could, no, you just st- stand there. That's cool. Um, and, it, I mean, it, it's nothing new that we haven't seen in, in, in gameplay before. But it, it just there's a tone and there's an atmosphere that is just really good fun. And like I say, I think we were businesslike in, in the first few levels because you you know it, it. I mean, although you have the characters that you can high five and you can hug and you can do all those things, and I think that's what the game is trying to tell you at that point. It's like enjoy this, just have fun. You know, be a slightly free about this, and it's not about just solving the puzzles. It's about the enjoyment of kind of messing around with each other. But the first time you take away the bridge from underneath somebody when they're trying to get to the place and they fall into the pit and die, you go, hey, fucker. Yeah, hello. I was trying to get over there, and yeah, I think that's kind of what happened. All right, a couple of times. I mean, Alex sighed a couple of times. There was one bit where you were um, being piped across a level through a funnel, and I was just like, right. So if I stand on this button, you go backwards again. So if I just get off it, and you go forwards, and I get on it, and you go backwards, and that that was pure amusement for a good half minute before. All right, come on. But there are moments at like the, that. At the same time, where you, you're running a puzzle and maybe you put like 15 minutes, you know, some of the more trickier ones, there's a whole chunk and then somebody puts a, a portal in the wrong place just because they press the left trigger and not the right trigger and they run, it all falls and everyone dies. You're like, oh, Jesus Christ. But I never got frustrated. Not at one point did I go, oh, I don't know how to do this thing. I, the, the toughest one was the one we ended up somehow jinxing and getting through in a way we didn't. But that was just like, I was just sitting there biting my thumbnail and going, I feel so stupid. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but I never was like, this fucking game! Which is really unusual for me for a game that is actually, I mean, it's, it's just the right difficulty level. Yeah. I mean, I, I felt, I felt dumb playing a game like Braid, for example, but it also had that smug veneer, which I hated, whereas this game doesn't yeah. have that at all. Um, 
I also, also one other thing is I think that's worth pointing out is how how suitable I think this game is for in, in the co-op mode at least for you know, parent and child playing it together. Assuming yeah. the child is you know <coughs> old enough, you know, it's a, you know as the you know not not tic- not really young children, but spe- I think and because there isn't really six any, or seven, no, yeah, uh, there isn't really, seven or eight. I know, I know the game has what is a twelve rating here, like well, mm. you know, um, Peggy, whatever the, the completely meaningless rating. I never listen to those. <laughs> I'm showing Lara Robocop tomorrow. Well, exactly, <laughs> totally, totally. But the thing is, I think that that's also key because it doesn't, it would, it wouldn't have anything that would off put, put be putting off to off putting to a parent who isn't necessarily mm. totally versed in what video games are because it's, it's not particularly violent or anything like that. Um, and it's just, it's just about you know working together to solve puzzles and i think that's you know what's wrong with that you know that that would that that would be ideal i think yeah ultimately though the reason why i didn't get to the the point where i you know i still prefer the single player over the co-op it's just that i i prefer the storyline that i was being fed i preferred the the momentum of being told you know or, or being fed a story rather yeah. than just doing the act of the puzzles but i mean once again absolutely loved it and you know both poor me have got all a thousand achievement points on it Trophies, whatever you want to. This is a rare. Believe, as anyone knows me, that's a very rare thing indeed. Yeah, and yes. um, but the, the point being is, it's you can make it into whatever you want that co-op. So you can make it just this fun, playful, joyful experience where you, you know you could take days if you wanted to yeah. to complete and you know just have a laugh. You can take it very business-like and just go right. We are going to work out these maps and, and do it. Uh, and even um, you know the situation where it's like we complete chapter four without dying, and chapter four is a pretty cheap. Cheeky, cheeky, yeah, pretty uh, uh, hard chapter to do without dying, and it, it you know, poor me spent you know a good probably what a couple of hours I think just like what going for the levels. It's, it's the, the one, one with the funnels, with the, the with the the funnels, the thing, yeah, the funnels on the shield, yeah, the, yeah, the, yeah, the this is one where you, um, it, you, it's oh god, yeah, it was. A real <laughs> but um, oh, so, yes. but it's a so, nice achievement because it, it meant that we played through the game for you know a couple more hours just to to perfect yes. going through those puzzles, and when we finally done it without dying, and you know, and they, you know, what took about half an hour in the end, you yeah, know, the full run, you go yes. And it just added that. a whole new kind of feel into the game of, you know, trying to try it. Maybe we should go for the whole game without dying. Yeah, hey, there we go, one life, go. Limbo style. As long as it gives us an achievement at the end. Okay. So, so. I mean, basically, just to, to finish up on the cop, as I said, just to, just to say, reiterate once again, Lentini, thank you, sir. <laughs> Using this as a, your own shout out. To the I, I, I failed to do it last time round. I've got to get as many of these as I possibly can. <laughs> so he'll be laughing as I he'll be laughing as he listens to this. I think so. Now, Lentini, you rock. Thank you, mate. Uh, Tony, uh, summation. Well, we all not got summation of the whole experience in the end before getting onto plots. Just... Um, I think that the, it might be a bit. Different. I kind of have. Uh, mine is again the thing that I, I would like to zoom in on, like once again, is the ballet of physics at work, which is summed up in absolute brilliance at the very, very end. And yeah, that's that's going to be plot based. I'll talk about that in the next section. Yeah. Paul. I just, I, I, yeah, I mean, the man's in love. It, it's take, it, it dra- again, drags me away. Anything that drags me away from rock band is clearly doing something right. But yeah, I mean, I just, yeah, I, I, I can't, I'm not really sure what else I can say. I just love this game. So, uh, and I, 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 articulating exactly why I don't, you know, not brilliant at it, but it's, I think it's the perfect match of the blend of the two, the single player campaign and the co-op campaign just being completely mm. different from one another and them both being totally, uh, uh you know, fantastic experiences in themselves um, in and of themselves so yeah I just I'm not sure what else I can say really worth 40 quid totally 
<laughs> Completely. Yeah. We actually we were, we were asked. Actually, oh, I think I paid thirty three quid for it or something. Yeah. <laughs> right. The Funky Gibbon um, asked us whether we should rent or buy it, and we were like, "We'll just buy." Yeah, yeah one of those seriously, games man. where we actually you know think you should buy, even though you can complete the story in a relatively quick time. And, and yeah, you can't. could, but why pressure yourself? Sell, really? sell a kidney if need be. Do it just. Oh, no, yes, you don't. Need one. <laughs> I'm behind that. I've already sold that. Uh, Damn it! Damn it! Got to get a new PC somehow. So my summarisation is, you know, why is this a perfect game to me? I actually don't think it will be my perfect game. I, I don't know, you know, what holds for the rest of this year, and I'm sure we'll, we'll know the layout of After E3 a bit better. We've got to get into LA Noir, which already we know is not perfect. Yeah, but the, strangely, I'm finding it more fascinating. Mm. If that makes sense, you know, uh, yeah, it's 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 so full of flaws that it's actually kind of more engaging because of that, <laughs> because I can kind of and be a bit more analytical about it in my own you know, mind. Where you know, it's quite hard to kind of talk about Portal Two just because it ends up being gushing. But um, we will be doing a whole episode on Ellen Noir yes. in the next few weeks. Yes. Do not worry, folks. We probably have lots to say. Yes. Um, so why is Portal 2, to me, still probably is going to be in my top five game of the year? Um, I think it's because it's a computer game. And I know that sounds stupid, but bear with me. It's exactly... Yeah, it's not like any other medium. You know, something like Uncharted 2, you, you have a feeling that it's chasing, wanting to be a, a Hollywood blockbuster where you can interact with. And th- there's nothing wrong with that goal, and why not? I just, I like the fact that Portal 2 is very much a homegrown thing that comes out of the industry itself. So the main antagonist is something that has been produced by Valve and very much for gamers. And it's not, you know, chasing Hollywood. It's just, I mean, she was number one in our, you know, list of, what was it, list of game, list of characters. 50 Best, greatest 50 video greatest game characters, characters of all time. Um, which obviously caused a lot of controversy between people it's like well she's not a real character and I think at the end of Portal 2 that you will grow to think that she is a, a real character if you didn't think so before there may not be anything in here that will convince you otherwise but you'd be fucking blind yeah, by the end to of think so to um, not yeah. think that there is more and deeper characterization for her at this point so what I, what I mean by it's a, a video game, it is just its own beast. It's not trying to be anything else. It's just focusing in, inside of, you know, of kind of just the geek within all of us to just want to play a really good video game that doesn't necessarily aspire to be a film or anything like that or a big action adventure. It's just a really good, fun adventure. And it ticks all the boxes that I need it to tick. So we've had many discussions over the last few months, Christ, if not years at this point, how to make games without violence being the main um, focus of that adventure. So, you know, guns, it's always with the guns, and every big adventure has to have the guns. And yes, Portal has a gun, but it's a gun that does something remarkably different. And It does not dispense death. No, and obviously it's not as new as it, it once was, because Portal brought us that, but it, it is refreshed, and it's refreshed with the, the fluid mechanics, and I think, you know, that is a, a big, bold move by Valve going, right, we need something more, and seeing that, and realising that, and in, uh, implementing that, and they implement it in, you know, fantastic fantastic way, although, you know, it could have been faster. Um, the story is so much deeper than you would expect it was ever going to be, and it's introduced whole new reams of characters that if we did a 50 greatest characters of all time... Yeah. I can Almost gar- all of them would be on there. Yeah, I, I guarantee there will certainly be one extra in there. Um, which I'd is- say two. Okay. That's 
spoilers. <laughs> yes. Two. No, wait, no. There are two great characters in this game. Spoiler warning. <laughs> and three, it's funny. I just, I cannot remember another game being overly that funny and that's a big thing I think that's a really big step because there's there's some techniques they use in Portal 2 that I think can now be copied by other companies Um, Mm. not copied um, incorporated into their games copied seems so cheap if they're doing it right and it's actually done right then it'll be incorporating and and it's funny it's also crucially it's funny uh, in a way that I think would would appeal to a much broader audience than the typical you know, mm. video game. I mean, with the best will in the world, Monkey Island. Um, uh, it's a long time ago. You know so, what I mean? Yeah. But even so, I mean, I didn't, I didn't find it especially amusing even at the time. I just, it, it's, I think it's the, the kind of humour they have in it. It's much, it's much broader, I think. So, I would say the funniest game that I could think of is actually Uncharted, or more specifically Uncharted 2. Um, yeah. they're, they're just the little throwaway lines. It's not out there to make you laugh. That's not the point and focus of the game. But it does make you laugh because of what it does. There's a bit... Have you guys seen the uh, the preliminary stuff for Uncharted 3? There's some. There's a bit where um, Nolan North and, and, and the guy who plays Sully are, are going on a jeep ride. And it's just like a throwaway comment that Nolan North had living. He goes, I don't know, she had a, a human foot and a wooden leg. <laughs> Strangest thing I ever saw. And it's like, I cannot wait for more stuff like that. That is comedy yeah. in games. Well, it I, should not be a game that is a comedy game. A game yeah, precisely. I mean, that, but that's Portal 2's strength. It's not, it's not sold yeah. on the box. There's a laugh riot. You know, it like, never goes... Yeah, yeah, to do. yeah it's, um, it doesn't matter if getting hit in the face with pies. You know. uh, yes. So, so the last one is, I think its biggest strength and also its biggest weakness is what I want to get into, which is the expanding of the universe. You, we will talk about a bit more about in the plot in, in the spoiler section, but obviously you, you learn a lot more about the organisation that's behind this, or Aperture Science. It's, no, we'll be there. That's, that's not a sport. Aperture Science are all in the first one, no? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I'm not going to uh, well, I mean, there are people who don't want to know that there is a, a, the character 2 in Portal 2 in the title. Well, don't listen to this podcast, come on. You know, probably would. There, there has to be a, a boundary of what we can and can't talk about. Okay. Aper- Aperture Science is one of those ones that is a fairly... No, uh, spoiler warning! You know, uh, well, the fact, I mean, the spoiler warning aside, you know, Aperture Science gives, uh, you know, are given a lot more time to develop other than just a logo in the back of the corner. You're going, oh, you know, is this something to do with Half-Life 2? You know, there's a bigger expense there. But anyway, the... The the larger love the larger canvas that they draw is is something that really appealed to me and I I loved every second for that because it was like oh my god you know this much bigger playground you're going all these different places and the story starts to grow a lot thicker um you know, denser um and you understand <laughs> um, well, you understand a lot more about the world that you're actually interacting with and I think that's fantastic but the at the plot s- thickens the plot yes. thicken. um but at the same time I think by having the, the environments spread out the way they do it kind of messes around with the plot itself so blowing out on some of the larger areas I think just lose context of some of the story beats that are being given to you through the game and mm-hmm. sometimes you, you listen to people where they get stuck I've heard there's a couple of chambers in particular of one of the larger areas and you know they've spent a long time and some people have even given up on those points and or having to revert to a guide and I, I'm not saying that they're missed judged i just there's there's a couple of just sections in the game i think you know they they could have rained down uh, they're a little overwhelmingly large but again like i said that was one of the things that impressed me about the game so much 
just this this vastness and complexity. I think I, I realized that a certain section, when I looked at the map, was like the section I was in times eight or twelve, and I thought, oh my god, this is bigger than my mind can take in. I think the point that I'm striving is that I'm not sitting here and saying it's a perfect game. I actually, I, I do take a lot of the criticisms on board, but quite frankly, um, they're, they're not big enough to dent what I actually think is, you know, is one of the, you know, certainly this generation's, uh, you know, highest achievements. Um, but to recognize that, yeah, sure, it's got some issues is a positive step to actually take, to actually enjoy. I think the game may be a bit more. Yeah. And listen to the commentary, because not, have, has either you listened to the commentary yet? Any of the no, commentary? No, I've not, I've not, I've not started it's it It's fantastic. Just, just digging into where, I, this really does sound like a fail of loving, but the fact that they've taken the time <laughs> to say, look, you know, here's this room. So a basic setup of a room. Here's a room. And so in experimentation of testing with different uh, players of all skills and capabilities, um, they've come in here and they've done this. And we found out that they were taking maybe a bit, about five minutes longer than we wanted on this room because it didn't fit within the story beat that we were after. Um, so what we ended up doing was, you know, making what take one tiny bit out of this room, which meant that they just, you know, they, they clicked that much more faster. You go through the game and every single room and every single big area, they explain the reasons why it is what it is. And yeah. it's utterly fascinating. So seriously, check it out. And more developers need to do that because you know we've all sat there in in um, commentaries on films. You know, and it's to some of you know to a lot of people they just overlook it. They don't care. But if it's your favourite film, it's you know endlessly yeah. fascinating hearing about how they actually made Lord of the Rings in a, uh, a a car park of a supermarket when you think it's a swamp. Kind of takes some of the magic away. Uh, I grant you, but it, it's still <laughs> utterly fascinating to know that kind yeah. of stuff. Uh, you know what? I'm, I'm gonna. Now that you mentioned that, that actually does sound. What other uh, games that you recall actually actually have this? There's feature? Half-Life Two. There's yep. Lost Coast, which uh-huh. is also uh, Valve. Anything else? There was uh, one other company that had done it. Um, Starbreeze did it, but with Butcher Bay. There you go. Yes. Yeah. It's it's not used much at all, which is yeah. a shame. I think it's, it's, it's very important for actual games companies to get feedback and that kind of connection with their audience on a way that's not fucking interviews on, on sent you a message or something like that. I, I, you know, no offense to Microsoft, I fucking loathe that show. It says nothing about games. It's just fucking PR. Um, but to be able to get developers in the case where they're not trying to pimp their game because you've got their game and they're talking to you about the mechanics of it that's fantastic. And I, yeah, I'm completely behind you with that, that, Tony. For once, we are in total agreement. I think that this <laughs> is something that should be done far more often. I've Fuck got, promotion. You can't see me, but I've just fallen off my chair. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm just not playing devil's advocate for once. Woo! Yeah. That would have been fun. Wait, wait. Playing devil's advocate at Portal 2. I would have gone there. Um, it's, well, you tried. <laughs> you were like, it's not quite as good. Well, you know, how many... Nah, it's fucking awesome. Spoilers. <laughs> right, so that's all from us uh, for talking about Portal 2's mechanics. Uh, come back for a 10 minute tops <laughs> discussion about the actual plot of the game because there is no point us going over every single element of it, just bits that we liked. And uh, we will be back next week. We're not going to tell you what's going to happen, but it'll be interesting. We can tell you that right now. Paul, thank you so much for coming on the show. Thank, no, thank you. Thank you. Uh, thank you. Let me come on to. To join you, I thought I think it's like Digital Cowboys Classic. 
Yeah, yeah. Right, right to the sunset again. It has been commented on before that you're missed repeatedly, so every time you come back, it's like a little present. Well, the, the problem is we're going to be riding down, obviously, you know, the trail, and Paul's going to be wandering past the bar, and he'll hear a karaoke machine, and he jumps off his horse, yeah. and he'll, he'll just disappear in there for a few months until we ride back the other way. What yeah. Wild West scenario <laughs> has a karaoke machine? You've ruined, you've ruined the image. <laughs> Developing, yeah. Uh, in Red Dead. <laughs> Red, Red Dead, Dead. Karaoke. Red Dead 1985. <laughs> Kara- karaoke, seriously? Okay. That's sick. Right. Hey, people have been singing together for years. You just take away the machine and everyone does it. Say down. Ho- oh, dear. That just sounds bad. <laughs> okay, right. So Paul hears a hoedown and uh, he-, he steps off and then he comes back. Okay. So thank you very much, Paul. Uh, and thank you very much, Tony. We shall be back next week. Uh, stick around after the music. There will be spoilers. Woo! So uh, let's just do the, the goodbyes now, shall we? So until uh, next week, I've been Alex Shaw. I've been Tony Atkins. Oh, go on. Oh, right, shit. Sorry, I, I thought you, you... Oh, sorry. Should we go again? <laughs> you are upset. And I've been Paul Shot. Happy trails. Okay. Right, Tony, um, you were Ooh. saying something about the mechanics that don't quite make sense. To tell us in proper detail now, because after this point, anything goes. If you're still listening at this point, prepare to have shit spoiled. Which I think most people will be, because there's not many yeah. people that listen to a Portal 2 It's not show. like I didn't make it incredibly bloody clear. Well, and, you know, it's sold very well. So, mm. um, yeah, and it, it becomes stupid, because I feel like I'm criticising just for the sake of criticising at this point. But, um, you know, it's just one of the two things that actually stood out in my mind as being a bit weird although you know you've said otherwise but let's let's go for this so hmm. what the suggestion i was making was there was these big environments which um had 
the white paint is on them and it didn't make uh, sense within the storyline point of view. Because the white paint is made of moon rocks and why would they cover everything in that? Or more specifically, why would they only put a little bit on, on yeah, the I mean, environment just to help you through a puzzle-like level when it's actually not supposed to be one? And obviously the moon rocks, <laughs> we find out exactly why, you know, why it's made unreal. But right, so everything's painted in white because it's, it's moon rocks, so it's moon dust that's been grounded down and all that makes perfect sense in context of these these rooms that have been put together for the testing of the subject. The testing, yeah. Completely. But, but it doesn't make sense that there would be panels on, like, an aqueduct or something. Yeah, just, just, yeah, just completely out of nowhere, suddenly these panels. It's there mm-hmm. because it's a mechanic of trying to get you up these stairs, you know, these traverse the environment where they don't want you just basically to walk the environment, they want you to solve how to get around it. Yeah. But it kind and of there just, has to be only one way to do it because they can't open it up. Yeah, it, it threw me for a loop a couple of times where I'm just like, it, not to say it took me out of the story, but I was kind of like, that's kind of a bit weird and stupid and it doesn't really make sense. Um, but I mean, once again, small criticism, seriously. It's, I understand the reasonings for it, but it's, it's, yeah. <laughs> On that subject, I'm gonna say, when you find out that they're made of ground-down moon rocks, uh, th- th- you think at that point that the whole point is like, oh, that's interesting, and that they appear to be somewhat carcinogenic, or they certainly aren't, aren't good for people who actually work closely with that material. Um, and then at the very end, you fire a portal at the moon and blast through, and you're on the moon. <laughs> and that was one of the only moments in, in uh, since Mass Effect 2, and I think it was Uncharted 2 before that, and I can't remember the last time it was before then, uh, when I went, fuck me! <laughs> Jesus Christ! And I just, this, again, the scale, the vast cosmic ballet of the planets impressed itself upon me, and I realised, oh my God, this game is incredible. What an ending. I... If you, the giant bombcast did a, 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 a portal show with the actual yeah. writers of that, and uh, it's fascinating to hear the story of the moon segment, which was once just an Easter egg put off the side, where yeah. uh, the idea was just that people would see it and they go, "Oh, I wonder," and then fire up there, and then they get taken out to the moon, and it would be the end of the game. And it was like eight minutes into the game, and you could yeah. end the game straight away by being. And it would out. What, just kill you. No, it would play yeah. you a, a song that they designed, like you know, almost like "Bark at the Moon." Onto the moon. Yeah, exactly. Um, <laughs> Which is hilarious, but then they they found that a lot of people have been were finding that that spoiler and went, this is that that's really funny, that's really good, and they yeah, you know, that's awesome, yeah. yeah, um, yeah. So that's a good ending. Spoilers. I I, I feel like it still needs to say spoilers. No, for that, no spoilers. So everyone everyone here has played it. It's that simple. They played it to the end. But it, incidentally, I had this game spoiled for me by some idiot on Twitter. Who, so I, right, who fucking did that? I I don't know his name, but it's just some fucking idiot, basically. <laughs> Yeah, so basically was reading portal tweets. Yeah, what do they actually say? I can actually find you the... Uh, one second, I can find <laughs> it for you. Um, I mean, seriously, if you've actually ever tweeted this, and you won't be listening now because we don't attract that kind of audience, you're a cunt. And I don't mind saying that that, that word, and I'm not going to bleep it. But if you spoil the end of Portal 2 people and you haven't already given them fair warning, you're a cunt. This was like right, you know, whack bang in the, you know, just, li- I was literally hours from starting it. Let me just, uh, I can tell you exactly what he said. If Apologies I to Liz and every other uh, person listening who actually is seriously offended by that word, but I, it's, I believe it's very appropriate because I'm seriously offended by that action. Well, exactly, yeah. See, see. Oh, he seemed... Okay, he said, he said exactly the following. Wheatley is evil and tries to kill you. You send him to space. GLaDOS saves you and lets you go. You get the cube back. That's exactly what he wrote. At the very, very end. Uh, after watching, 
after going up in the elevator and those little, uh, you know, it opens and the turrets are like, mm, you're like, oh god, Gladys is gonna kill me, that's gonna be the end of the game, oh my god, and then they don't, and then they sing to you, and you're like, oh my god, and then you carry on going up and you got the, the, the credits going, and then, I'm in a field, it's okay, I'm not gonna die. The door opens once again, you expect to be shot in the face, and she spits the fucking charred companion cube at me, and it's like, I'm that's even better than the moon. <laughs> Almost. I, I, I just this feeling of adulation and well-being for the world at that point. It's it's truly, you know, next level stuff. I mean, what's the word? It's Cameron Crowe levels of inspiration. But I, I suppose... I suppose for me, I think it's telling that even though I had the game spot essentially spoiled for me, mm. which just totally bummed me out uh, for about a day. Yeah, I mean, that's did, pretty much did, every important element. Yeah, it didn't uh, Wheatley make, isn't evil. Wheatley falls yeah, it's, prey it's, to the, the yeah. system appears to corrupt whoever's it's, it's, controlling it and it's make an idiot who It's an idiot who seemed to think it was uh, hilarious to do this. And I, he wasn't, I wasn't the only person he did this to. I believe to. we figured up the four-letter word for him. Yeah. Well, exactly. But... but he, it, it's telling that, that even though he done, he did that, it didn't spoil the game for me. And I, I absolutely adored it anyway. So, um, I suppose that's, I suppose that's the highest possible accolade I could give it, really. So, yeah. uh, very strange. But yes, uh, yeah, uh, yeah. Uh. But Wheatley is an incredibly welcome addition to it. I've actually, Elaine and Leia from some of the castle mentioned that they found Wheatley incredibly funny and charming and, and British. Uh, but they've never really heard of the Ricky Gervais show, and they've never really heard. Well, they they didn't really get into extras. So, you know, I, I was I was saying seriously. Check out both of these productions because Steve Merchant, I believe, is ma- largely instrumental for the popularity of Ricky Gervais. And I think he's actually, I think he would be also largely responsible for a great deal of the heart yes. in Ricky Gervais's shows. His, his, his stand-up routines are missing something. And I think it's Steve Merchant. Yes. I completely, I think he's the, um, he reigns him in and he also, as you say, he's, I definitely think all of the, the heart of, say, The Office, for example, is all, and the extras indeed, is, is him, definitely. Yeah, and yeah, Steve Merchant is someone who I really wish was more popular. I mean, the amount of, of praise that Gervais gets, and I love him too, he's fantastic, but for God's sake, Steve needs more focus, and the fact that he's in this, and he is a standout character. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's it will definitely help. I think it will more. definitely help his. Uh, in, yeah. I mean, he's, he's got a stand-up um, set he's doing, I believe, at the moment. Uh, uh, do he's got I would a tour love to see that. I believe De- Desmond men- on, mentioned on the IDKFA <laughs> that I believe he's going to see him. And um, the, the, the best thing is, of course, that unlike Gervais, he's actually a really nice person. Gervais yeah. is something of a four-letter <laughs> word. Yes, Again. yes, he uh, love Gervais, comedy genius. You know, absolute paragon yeah. of, of our time, but. Something of a fall at a word, it's, especially it's, to people again. It's the, the col- it's the collaboration between the two yeah. that, and I think, yeah, I mean that. <coughs> so basically, Tony, you're my Steve Merchant in a sense. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> hang on, that's exactly <laughs> what I'm getting. Hang on, hang on a minute. It's <laughs> terrible for both of us. Not okay. for me. <laughs> yeah, you look at pretty good out of this. <laughs> so. Right. So I mean. If we're going to talk about the plot, obviously we've talked about Wheatley. Um, he, he is a standout character. Nobody can really deny that. I, I think a lot of your enjoyment of this game will probably depend, certainly in the early sections, whether you like the humour that he, you know, yes. projects uh, to the player. Um, a couple of spo- oh, so obviously I'm just gonna, I'm prefacing no these, no, I'm prefacing these spoilers anyway because these are the things that made me laugh. Um, 
is the bits where he's like, it's right at the start of the game, and this is where I knew I was actually going to really get on with the, you know, the storyline or the way that it was going to interact with me as the player. And it was right at the start where you you go to walk off the the edge of this platform, and uh, he and he. Oh, that's really high. Yeah, he goes, that's oh. really high. And I'm I'm not even I can't do an impression, but it, he basically says, "Well, that's really high," and uh, you're like, "Yeah, okay." And you go to jump again. He goes, "Whoa, whoa, whoa, whoa!" And I stopped and went, <laughs> "Okay." And he, he does this dialogue again. You're like, "Like, no, seriously, that that wow, that is high." I was like, "Okay, well, fine. I went to do it, and he stops you again. And it's like on the third, it's like what? What what is wrong? Am I, you're gonna let me jump? Am I gonna jump? We're gonna jump. And he's like, and he's kind of he's he's basically saying to you as a player, like, yeah, okay, that is really hard. There's no reason why you should basically be able to survive that. But then he tells you about the boots, the inertia boots, that basically. Take, so it's all plot driven, and you make the jump, and it's fun. And there's a couple of other points in the game where. Well, there's a pit boss bit ball that we know yeah, about. But, um, the, yeah, the, the, um, the dialogue that goes on with that. Where you where you walk away and he's like, you know, where you go in and you stop and he calls you back again and it's just the way just that come the, back, yeah, yeah, just come back and you you come back and not many, I can't think of many other games where the game itself has actually interacted me as a player to say, I know you're about to do the obvious, but stop, wait for a second, I'm going to give you you know some information and that information is going to be utterly useless, but it's funny. And that's where the timing comes in with the comedy. Um, and that's why I think a lot of the charm comes is because even though ultimately you've achieved nothing, you've not gone forward in the, in the story, or you know, mm. but you've not moved forward through the actual uh, gameplay itself. But the gameplay w- is within that character of Wheatley giving you back there and doing stuff. Yeah. It's even high- stuff like, you know, say Apple, you know, you jump up in the air and all that kind of thing. You know, <laughs> oh, what you've done there is you jumped. It's just yeah. little, it's little touches like that. Just, it's just, it's the attention to detail to, throughout the and whole game. Also, specifically at the beginning and kind of a lot more at the end as well, it feels like a giant theme park ride, but better than any theme park ride yeah. I've ever gone on. I mean, it even tops the Back to the Future ride. I just, this, this, again, the sense of, of being this small speck in a giant moving world that you can't even see the bottom of because it's that mahoosive. And we can't not talk about GLaDOS and her development from being the, just she drops straight back into the same routine of, you know, you know, insulting you and, and making comments about your weight. And then when you betray her, yeah, you know, when you try to How defeat her. How angry Kirby. was she when you, she goes back into that machine form? Yeah. You're like, oh, oh my it's God. you. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, oh, shit. But then when you, no, when you get through her first test and then she tries to poison you with, uh, with poison gas and then she tries to send the turrets off to you but they put the tarred turrets out instead <laughs> and then you get to swap her around with Wheatley and you press the button and then it all happens and you're like, yes! When she screams, no, I, 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 what, what have I done? I like Klaus. Why am I doing this to her? It's for self-preservation, I know, but she's in real pain. And then when she gets put in the body of a potato and is ma- manages to be sarcastic to you as well, it, phenomenal. Just the, the falling th- with this potato through, through, you know, mile after mile of steel pipe. Oh and yeah. Saying to you, Brilliant. well done on that one. <laughs> my slow clap, clap mechanism is still working and it's just like what she, uh, oh. well, the, the point the, the, in- turning it into a buddy movie where you're basically handcuffed to your arch nemesis genius yes and the dumb lovable guy and you thought we were you- just going to be gushing about Paul too <laughs> <laughs> The, the dumb, lovable guy that can do no harm. Obviously, yeah. you know the fact that he is dumb and he's now in charge of this place, and he can't help but the urge of the, uh, you know, 
to test. He's now, because he's so dumb, he's forgetting to do anything else with the facility, so it's falling apart around your ears. Oh, that's it. He's like, uh, there's something wrong with the siren. The siren keeps going off, but everything else is fine. I just got sorted. And it's basically, it's like the nuclear reactor's about to turn off, and he turns off the siren, and it's like, ah, all better now. Yeah. Um, But the, 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 the fact that Gladys actually, I mean, this is what I wanted to get, talk about actually when now we're in proper spoilers. So obviously with Aperture Science, we actually learn about Johnson, uh, mm. the founder of Aperture Science himself. Cave Johnson. Cave Johnson. The third and equally fantastic character. Mm-hmm. Um, and we learn about how Aperture Science has actually put together the reasons it was put together and, and how actually at the start it's, it's for good causes. But the fact that the moon dust is actually destroying his mind so like you were saying that it's carcinogenic and it's actually starting to destroy his mind um, and it's all killing him and everyone involved in aperture science exactly so it's making the test go from what is actually quite sensible test to insane test where people were being you know their lives are putting at, at risk and you know the fact that he's telling you about you know the fact that these, these the thing about complain. the mantis men yeah <laughs> you know your, your new job killing a bunch of mutant mantis men just grab a gun and go walk along the yellow line you'll know when the test starts so then <laughs> J.K. Simmons has been the funniest guy in the world for God knows how long. Uh, no one noticed until he turned up in Spider-Man. But he, you know, suddenly, Cave Johnson, it rivals J.J. for, you know, best character that he's ever done. And it's yeah. pretty much the same. People said that I couldn't hi- fire a man for being in a wheelchair. But I did it anyway. Grabs <laughs> are expensive. It's yep. just, the delivery is beyond perfect. Um, and then obviously you got the point where Carolyn, his assistant, mm. is actually Gladys. Yeah, I immediately suspected that. I thought, okay, right, a woman, a mysterious woman, and she seems quite genial. GLaDOS. Yeah, because at the end they end up messing around with seeing whether they can change their Mm. mind as computer science. And then you you start, obviously, finding out that that is, and you find her in the the bird's nest at that point, and then she's your buddy, and you have this infinity with her because... Now, this is a spoiler for another game. (laughs) But it, it makes you engage with her so much more, because suddenly when you start to see her falter, and she starts to say, to, to, to not know quite what's going on, then she becomes a real character, and she was deserving of the best character before, but she's really fucking deserving yeah, of it at this point. She, she ultimately finds her empathy chip, and mm. one of the greatest, I mean, I, I know you're all wrapped up with the moon at the end, and the, the companion cube, and all that great stuff, yeah. but the moment for me when she finally pops up at the very end through that lift, and says, thank you very much for telling me that, you know, where my empathy cube is, or my empathy uh, is. chip is, and, and, then then she and then she destroys it, and you, oh, you bitch. You know, she doesn't want to feel. Yeah. I want to feel that for humans, and gone. You know, oh, where does that leave for Portal Three? So, I don't know. We we have gone into gushy territory because obviously the plot. I think the plot is something yeah. special. But uh, it's 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 so much. I mean, basically, the po- it divides equally perfectly between plot and mechanics. Yep. It's yep. one of the few games that does. It's a perfect marriage. So. Mm. Um. Definitely. <laughs> Mantis Ben. <laughs> <laughs> and then those weird Tard Cube turret things. Yeah. Fused together by Wheatley. There's just so much first things. test, you know, all that. Just, it's just like, like, step on the button. Oh, that felt good. Oh, yeah. Lots of just, uh, yeah. Uh, just do it again. That's good. And the smashing the monitors and all the dialogue it comes oh, up. Oh, good, good. Because I, uh, I was thinking I've got too many monitors, actually. Yeah. <laughs> just do me a favour. So, uh, choke's on you. Just his delivery, it's the same as his delivery in uh, Extras. He's basically Darren Lamb, but if you put Darren Lamb into a computer body. Yeah. As at the agent. Um, but that's such a winning character. It, it actually made it difficult for me because I know Darren Lamb's an idiot, 
but I really know that Steve Merchant's not. So it was hard for me to think that Wheatley was just an idiot. I thought, no, there's hidden depths to him. He's going to turn out to be really smart. Oh, no, he is an idiot. He's just, the other depth was he's also capable of atrocities. I still like the end. No, no, I can fix all this while he's floating in outer space. No, no, just put me back there. We'll give him another go. That'll be fine. I love no, the sky going space, got to go space. <laughs> there's, one, there's, one, there's one bit where he's he bouncing up in the air and he, and he suddenly goes, oh, wait, oh, here you are. And he starts telling you what's, what he's found out. And you, you fall back down and then bounce back up again. And he continues saying more of the stuff. And you, you only hear snippets of it. It's just brilliant little time. Just like that. And and also what we what we alluded to in the, in the main show here was about you know why you should play this before you play in the co-op and yeah. that's because Wheatley all at this time is knowing that what well, he's thought that you you're dead or he's trying to kill you at the very least so yeah. what he's been doing is creating two robots those yes. robots be Atlas and Peabody who you are actually going to play in the yeah. co-op and you'll see him at the end but he, he keeps alluding to some other bigger see- thing. Apparently you can actually see them, they apparently show up at some point in the single player campaign, if you, if you're quick enough, you see them, uh, and they cut off apparently, this is what I've been told. So, yeah, so that's probably why you should play it first time round. Yeah, you know, the, 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 it's definitely that order that you need to play it on. Cool. Yeah. The, the, the one, the guy who said, I, I've sort of played it for a bit and I've just given up, I just, seriously. Yeah. It's like self-harming. I can't get my head around that. Why would you play it for a bit and go, I, I, I can't do this while you're looking at me. Oh. No, seriously, I can't. You've got to turn around. So, once again, <laughs> you know, that's the same as the jumping section where I'm sitting there going, seriously, you want me to? But, and I, and I turn, and I kind of like peek back halfway. And, no, he's not. <laughs> again, <laughs> again, uh, if you, Fine. if you, if you position some portals correctly, you can actually see him headbutt it. Um, they, they have done an animation for it. Right, let's, let's. Okay, let's wrap up. Um, so yeah, that's it. That's the plot of. I mean, if you if you're listening, you know the plot of, of Portal Two. We don't need to tell you why it's good. You'll either already have your opinions on it or not. But ultimately, there is so much to be said for for really paying attention to script in the game, and it happens honestly so rarely. The fact that so few games that you can think of right now, and I challenge you to think of games that make you laugh the whole way through, not just, you know, have occasional little funny lines or moments where your character for some reason ends up wearing a dress. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Seriously, it didn't need to be in there. Um, (laughs) But yeah, I believe it is deserving of the adulation. Yeah. Clearly not a perfect game, but so close to being perfect for so many people that it may as well have the moniker. I just think it's the wrong word to use. Uh, I think probably that the best word for, for this game and all of those other ch- sacred cows that we've talked about because of what they do for the industry and because of what they push it forward is champions. Remember when you tried to kill me twice? Oh, how we laughed and laughed, except I wasn't laughing. Under the circumstances, I've been shockingly nice. You want your freedom to That's what I'm counting on. I used to Is 
I don't need anyone now, and I delete you, maybe I'll stop. 